podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Hi, this is Leo Laporte, and this is my Tech Guy podcast. This show originally aired on the Premier Network's on Saturday, February 1st, 2020. Yes, this is episode 1665. Enjoy. The Tech Guy comes to you from the Twit LastPass studios. You're focused on security, but are your employees? LastPass can ensure they are by making access and authentication seamless. Visit lastpass.com slash twit to learn more. The Tech Guy Podcast is brought to you by CashFly. Give your users the seamless online experience they want. Power your site or app with CashFly's CDN content delivery network and be 30% faster than the competition. Learn more at twit.cashfly.com. Well, hey, 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 how are you today? Leo Laporte here, the Tech Guy. Yes, it's time to talk computers. Computers, what an old-fashioned term. <laughs> The internet, that's that's going to be an old-fashioned term any day now, too. Uh, home theater, digital home theater, that really is old-fashioned. Digital photography, yeah. We don't even think of it anymore as digital photography, just, you know, Instagram. Smartphones, well, we all got one of them, mostly. Uh, smart watches, no, not many. <laughs> that's anything with a chip in it. We talk about technology here on the show for the next couple hours at 8888-ASK-LEO. I invite you to call and ask a question, make a suggestion, make a comment, 888-827-5536. That's toll-free anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. You can still call via Skype out or something like that from anywhere else in the world. It should be free. 8888-ASK-LEO. There is a website. We write everything down. I write nothing down. James DeRuvo is doing all the work. He puts it up there. Uh, we add audio and video after the fact. It's got the uh, theory of the website, and I think we're pretty close to living it out, living up to the theory, is uh, everything you hear on the show will be there. So you don't have to write it down. That's the idea, right? And it's free. There's no sign-up. I don't make you do anything. You just go there and look at it. Techguylabs.com. I'm the tech guy. That's my lab, okay? There's two of them. Techguylabs.com. And there you have it. There's the story, Morning Glory. That's the entire thing right there in a nutshell. So what happened this week in the tech news? Lots. I know the only one you really care about, and we'll talk about that with Scott Wilkinson about half an hour from now, is Fox is back on Roku. Oh, thank goodness. <clears throat> Roku, uh, one of the high-end Rokus, one of the 4K Rokus, one of the few ways you could watch the Super Bowl, 4K High dynamic range tomorrow. And uh, that's the way I was going to do it. You could do it on an Apple TV, but it won't be high dynamic range, weirdly enough. You could do it on a Fire TV if it's an HD, uh, UHD TV, HDR uh, TV device. The Cube is, the number of the Fire TV sticks are. Uh, there are other devices you can as well. But the, but the real one, I think the big one was the Roku. And a lot of people were upset because... <laughs> Roku announced we're removing all the Fox apps from the Roku, except for Fox Sports Go, from the Roku, because our contract ran out midnight, January 31st. Frantic negotiations ensued, I'm imagining. I have no idea. <clears throat> Could be everybody just sat back and waited. I don't know. 
And then uh, we're pleased, Fox said, we're pleased to have reached a successful agreement with Roku. Thank goodness. It is. It feels a little bit like, I mean, I don't know what, what happened. It could be just coinkydink. But it feels a little bit like, you know that uh, big game you were going to have on Sunday? Eh, yeah, you're not going to do it on our platform. I mean, we're, we're better to make that argument. What better time to do that? If you have a Roku Premier, Premier Plus, Streaming Stick Plus, or Roku Ultra, and if, obviously a 4K TV that does HDR, you'll be able to watch the big game. It's not going to be shot that way, by the way. it's The cameras will be 1080p. Let's not go crazy. The cameras will just be 1080p. Uh, but they will be 60 frames a second, and that actually may be more important. That in high dynamic range probably means more than how many dots are on the screen. Here's a handy little uh, website I just found this week, discprices.com. They uh, hard drives, SSDs, all kinds of drives with the links and the price per gigabyte. And that's, to me, the most interesting thing. I bought the other day, I bought a 16 terabyte disc for 450 bucks. Which means that I don't. I have to do the math. I don't want to do the math. So there's a website. <laughs> Thank goodness there's a website to do the math for me. But that comes out to a, a kind of a stunning cost per gigabyte. That's where we we used to do cost per megabyte on hard drives. My first hard drive, five megabytes, was nearly a thousand dollars a megabyte. A megabyte. Of course, that was the '80s. Actually, it might have been the 70s. It was a long It was a long time ago. I remember talking the boss into buying it. <laughs> we need it, boss. Five. I'm not talking gigs. I'm talking megs. Megabytes. Less than uh, one, one of my photos nowadays. I couldn't fit a photo from my camera on that. They're 44 megabytes. <laughs> I need eight of them. <laughs> Uh, lowest price per gigabyte, the Max Digital Data 3 terabyte drive, which is selling for $40 for 3 terabytes. That works out to $0.13. Cents. No, I'm sorry. I was wrong. 0.13. Is this right? 0.013 cents. <laughs> we're going to have to we're gonna need more zeros. We're talking less... We're talking a little more than a penny, a gigabyte. What? Oh, man. Oh, man. This is, uh, the world has shifted dramatically. Less than a penny, a gigabyte. Remember, I paid, I paid for $4,000 for a five megabyte drive 40 years ago, 50 years ago, a long time ago, back in the stone age of computing. Wow. Disk prices, it's a nice little handy uh, tool for you, diskprices.com. I love watching the price go down, down, down. Here's a shocking story from Bloomberg. You know, we have kind of an opioid crisis in America. People are hooked on um, over-the-counter painkillers, particularly OxyContin. According to Bloomberg, the company that makes OxyContin, uh, Purdue Pharma, made a deal... It looks like they might have made a deal with a software company called Practice Fusion. What did Practice Fusion software do? Well, they did. They made software for medical practices. 
Electronics Records. The deal, we don't know exactly how much, but the deal, shortly after the deal, let's put it this way, smoking gun, shortly after the deal, a pop-up would appear on the medical records as the doctor was entering them in, asking about the patient's level of pain. That's reasonable, doctor said. Remember, he did 1 to 10 and all that. Then a drop-down menu would list treatments ranging from a referral to a pain specialist to a prescription for OxyContin. Over three years, the alert went off 230 million times. Bloomberg writes, the tool existed thanks to a secret deal. Its maker, Practice Fusion, was paid by a major opioid manufacturer to design it in an effort to boost prescriptions for addictive pain pills, even though by then overdose deaths had almost tripled over the past 15 years, creating a public health disaster. The software is used by tens and thousands of doctors' offices. Oh, my goodness. See, sometimes we forget how uh, software has invaded our lives. Computers have invaded our lives. And, boy, that's a terrifying thought. If the computer could, uh, could mess you up like that. Yikes. DOJ announced action against fraudulent robocall companies this week. Finally. Finally. Apple had great results. Its quarterly results always good for the fourth quarter, fourth calendar quarter, first quarter of Apple's fiscal year. Big number, though, that and this is the number Apple likes to talk about, is how many people are using their devices. One and a half billion active Apple devices, Macs, iPads, but mostly iPhones. 80% of them, 80% of iPhones and iPads are running the latest iOS 13. That's a really good number. Wow. 1.5 billion active devices. Probably a billion of those are iPhones. Yeah. Which, which helps Apple pay the $1.1 billion fine. <laughs> or court, I guess it's a court order, court decision to pay for patent infringement. They bought chips from Broadcom. Broadcom, apparently, according to the courts, uh, infringed the patent of the California Institute of Technology, Caltech. They had the Wi-Fi patents. The jury said, Apple, you pay $837 million to Caltech. Broadcom, you, hit them, you pay them $270 million dollars. That'll build a pretty nice library there in the campus. Good job, Caltech. Apple can afford it. Of course they can. It costs them nothing. 8888-ASK-LEO, the phone number. I will uh, talk to you about tech and anything on your mind in just a moment. 8888-ASK-LEO, that's my number. Call me. Let's talk high tech next. It's a miracle. She comes back again week after week. The famous Kimmy Sheffer. Sheffer. Hello, Kim Sheffer, unbreakable phone angel. Are, are the people going to try to break you today? Oh, I don't think so. I think they're going to be nice. I think they are. Because tomorrow <laughs> is the Super Bowl. Yay. 
Okay. So uh, they were asking me in the chat room, irc.twit.tv, what my Super Bowl menu will be. What's what's your Super Bowl menu? Are you going to be at the bar or are you going to be home? I'm going to a party yet to be determined. I got invited to four. I don't know which one I'm going wow, to. Wow. Must be nice <laughs> so. to be popular. Wow. Um. Yeah. So I'll be having whatever they have because I'm here, so I can't really cook. So I just take the booze. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> That's right. That's a good it. point. See, mine is, which it's really disgusting, by the way, is you take uh, equal amounts of canned chili and cream cheese and you put it in a crock pot and then I'll come to work and then three hours later, a uh, uh, <laughs> golden delicious treat. <laughs> Uh, Sounds uh, yeah, it's pretty good awful. To me. <laughs> I borrowed it from my uh, my former uh, television producer Ken Marcus, and so he gets he gets full credit for this. It's uh, it's it's really good. I'm sure it is. It sounds like something my mom would make. It's, it's anything, very 50s. anything with a crock pot and yeah. a cream cheese. Yeah, it's very fifties. Probably uh, probably your mom would make it with Velveeta instead of cream she cheese. She might. No, she likes cream cheese. We make a dish with cream cheese salsa. Mm. Uh, Black beans and chicken. Mm. That's just like a salsa chicken that's uh, good, but very sinful because you know how much cream cheese mm. is in there. <laughs> now, I'm looking on the Hormel Chili website. <laughs> they say, you know, to make that extra special, sprinkle a pound of mild cheddar cheese on, on top. top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Spike yeah, em. spike them. But you got to you got to you got to have wings. I was at yeah. the grocery store yesterday. They had a display featuring Frank's hot sauce, which is the traditional buffalo hot wing sauce. Yes, it is. Yep. Even in restaurants. Even everywhere. Frank's yep. is the right flavor. Yes, it is. I don't know. I, you know, you got to sit there. I just read a story that said there's 18 minutes of action and three hours of football. And actually, the Super Bowl is more like five hours. <laughs> And those 18 minutes are during the halftime show. Yeah. Well, I did, that does not include the With halftime Shakira show. Shakira and Shakira is going to shake those hips. Yeah, they're both going to shake. J-Lo is going <laughs> to shake everything else. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. I agree. Well, it's All we team. care about is our football yes, team. That's all we our, care about. Our red and gold. The red and gold. What are you going to wear tomorrow? Anything fun? I'll find something. So you have to work through half the game as usual. So. I know. Well, I mean, you got to wear your gold jacket again. I guess I'll wear your my lucky puffy. gold puffy my, jacket. It is lucky now, isn't it? Yeah, and your helmet. <laughs> it's a hard hat. Your Thank hard you. hat helmet. My San Francisco 49ers hard hat. Wear it in the mines next time you're digging for gold. What should I, who should I? Let's go to Andy, who's a complete tech novice and wants, like has that. a few questions about Getting a little started in tech. Thank you, Kim. You're From welcome. Pine River, Minnesota. Hello, Andy. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Leo. It's Andy. Um, you know, waiting on hold right now, I got two questions. <laughs> the first question is when, like, when you're starting from, like, nothing, like you're not hooked up at all, you're off the grid, and you're thinking about waiting in, you kind of want to get in the 21st century, you know, you want Wi-Fi and whatever, and then you think about privacy. If you only live 15 minutes away from a library, do you even want to, do you even want to get on the grid? <laughs> I mean, are you giving up a lot of privacy getting hooked up if all you're trying to do is get song lyrics or something? If you're not really you're not running a business or anything, so that'd be my question: do you, Is 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 there a plus and a minus to this being hooked up? This has become the question of the decade. I think is. What are we willing to give up for the phenomenally useful, I really want to underscore that, life-changing internet? 
access to information about anything at your fingertips. Song lyrics, yeah, history, biology, chemistry. Your water pump, everything. Everything. Anything. You want, Yes, exactly. There's YouTube videos on any possible f way you could fix stuff. But there's also reprehensible YouTube videos and all sorts of nasty stuff. There's also the fact that Google, which runs YouTube, will know which you've watched. And then we'll offer you uh, advertising and more videos based on what you're watching. And you're, pro you know, you're seeing, as we all are, all of the criticism of that and so forth. But this is, this is kind of the, the, the financial model of the Internet. The Internet stuff is free, amazing stuff, free, right? You're not paying for anything yep. except your Internet access and a computer. Except your privacy. You're paying well, but, okay. for Well, okay, yeah, yeah. So your privacy. So what is exactly... What does that mean? What are they getting from uh, you as you use the internet, especially if you use it at a library? But let's say, let's say you use it at home. If you're using it at the library, what they get from you is just that the library watched those videos. They don't know who you are. No. So let, let's say the worst case, you, you're doing it as most people are on a computer at home with a home internet. You've got a phone that's tied to your name and number and and, uh, and all you're address. really looking for is song lyrics. You're not. I'm not building bombs or well, anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so. The this is to me the privacy angle is is very complex and sometimes I think overrated. There's a lot of you know tinfoil hat stuff going on here. So um, mostly what's happening is companies like Facebook, YouTube, Google, and everything are Facebook and Google are the chief culprits. Maybe Amazon uh, are using the information about your. What they, whatever they know about you. By the way, this has going, been going on for years, for long before the internet. They just gotten really good at it because of the internet to show you ads. So instead of getting ads, as you would listening to this show, you're going to get ads that are targeted at tech users because that's all they know. Instead, you're going to get ads specifically targeted at your interests. I don't think that's so bad. There's a larger fear that, oh, what if the government gets a hold of it and so forth? You know, I have to take a break. I want this is such a big issue. I want to address it a little bit more. So. Hang on, we're going to do Scott Wilkinson. We're going to talk about home theater, and then I'll talk more about privacy because it's a big, big one. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. It's time for our home theater segment with Mr. Scott Wilkinson. He's a home theater geek. Contributor at TechHive.com and a regular welcome feature on this network each and every week. Hello, Scotty. Hey, Leo. Happy Super Bowl day before Super Bowl. I know you care, couldn't care less. You're the Puppy Bowl guy. I'm. I'm going to be watching the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. This year, I well, I, I'm going to watch some of the Puppy Bowl, but I'm also going to why? Actually, wait a minute. Why? There's nothing going on. It's a bunch of dogs inside a football shaped like yeah right kennel but it's so cute and their puns are so good oh it's they the announcers that make it good because the, the puppies announcer. don't know they're playing a game they just run no around. no not at all not at I all i tried to watch it for 30 seconds <laughs> once and it's like okay i get it i don't need any oh, more you know of this. but the halftime show is going to feature catty perry <laughs> scott 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 it's Some hilarious. of us will be much more interested in the other thing going on. The <laughs> oh, hand yeah, egg there is this game. other yeah. sort of, I don't know, some yeah. sort of game with a, a ball that people I, kick with their foot. I know, I know I'm not alone because people are running to the store right now to get a television just to watch the Puppy Bowl. 
<laughs> or maybe yeah. that Super Bowl thing. I don't know. Well, it might be. It might be more like Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Actually, there was a big brouhaha. I mentioned it at the top of the hour. Uh, the, we talked last week about the fact that you'd be able to watch it streaming. And one of the best yeah. ways to watch it would be, of course, on your 4K HDR TV. And yep. if you had a Roku, one of the high-end Rokus, you'd be able to watch it. Except then all of a sudden, two days ago, Roku said, we're going to delete all the Fox apps midnight, January 31st, last night. Right. Because their their carriage, their retransmission contract ran out that well, day. Well. Now that seems to me like uh, it would be a shame if you uh, your fans was not uh, able to watch the Super Bowl on uh, the Roku. Who is it? Whose idea was this? Do we know? I don't know. They made an agreement, by the way. And if they this did, is, the... this is it, it hit me because this was how I was going to watch it. I have a Roku Ultra. I put the yep. Fox Sports app on it. Got it all yep. set up, signed yep. in. Yep. On my 4K TV, and it's going to be the you know the kind of the back in the background TV. Because we have right. a big, it's going to be in your, in your champagne room. In the champagne, it is. It's the champagne room. <laughs> It'll be but this is for the admission. first year. This is the first year that the Super Bowl is going to be shown in 4K and, more importantly, HDR, high dynamic range, and, and maybe even more importantly, 60 frames a second. Correct. Correct. That's well, more important than the number of pixels on the screen. I agree with you 100. percent Will Will that Will I get 60p on on Roku? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, absolutely. Good. All right. Absolutely. And at here we are at the last instant they finally signed a deal and <laughs> Fox is going to be on Roku. This reminds <laughs> yeah, me so much. We've seen this happen with Dish, uh, uh DirecTV where they say, "Well, sorry, you're not getting any more ESPN." So this is like a, a part of the negotiation now. It they, is. And I feel like we are the pawns. Yep, yep, we are just no like about it. dinosaurs are battling. Get out of their way because they're going to step on you. <laughs> it feels so abusive of my relationship with my TV yeah. provider. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to tell you there's, that Roku isn't the only option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Apple you know, you TV, could, Fire TV. Well, no, no, no. I want to make this very clear. A lot of places you can get 4K, but not necessarily HDR, which Apple TV to no. Me is yeah. Apple TV, no. Dish, satellite, no. Oh. You can get 4K, but oh. not HDR. How about In Xfinity? Fact, have, Comcast's Xfinity X1 supposedly has 4K. 4K, but I don't. I have ah. not yet been able to determine whether it's got HDR. Oh. Uh, Xbox One, I don't know. Android TV, I don't know. Yeah, I have an NVIDIA Shield. In fact, I know Mike Heiss, who joins us every week in the chat room to talk yeah. about this stuff, your colleague. Uh, yeah. He said he's going to compare... The NVIDIA Shield, which has its own upscaling, uh, its AI upscaling with yeah. – <laughs> I love how they just paint everything with AI as if I know, that I makes know. it better. It's not well, AI. That, that's obviously – it's just like when it used to be – the word quantum used to be yeah. the thing that made yeah. everything better. Uh, but he's going to compare yeah. that to the upscaling that Fox is going to do, you know, pre-sending it out. That's right. Because it's shot the, 1080p. Here's another thing. It's being shot at 1080p, yeah. and Fox is upscaling it to 4K. Now, they're using professional upscaling gear, so uh -huh. it's going to be very, very good. Uh -huh. But I read somewhere, I read in one of the, uh, there are a couple of articles, one in um, Digital Trends that I recommend. Uh, Caleb Dennison, another colleague, friend of mine, is, uh, is in Miami covering the technology that they're using this year for the first time I, hey what i'm a technology i could have done that <laughs> i know me too i got a Even million though, listeners what 
what? <laughs> anyway, he interviewed some of the Fox people who said they're shooting it at 1080p 60 frames per second because shooting at 4K 60 actually causes more motion artifacts. Yeah. yeah. And so actually that shooting at sense. 1080p and upscaling makes makes it look better. Okay. I'll I'll buy that. Yeah. And they're capturing in high high dynamic range in a format called HLG, which is uh, a format used by BBC or developed by BBC and uh, NHK in Japan for use in live broadcast. And it's actually going to be available in HLG on the Fubo TV app. This is another app I want to make sure everybody understands. It's This is a subscription service. You, you pay 55 bucks a, a month, I think, which is a lot, but they give you a free week's trial so if you want to watch the super bowl on fubo tv sign up and then you know then cancel but they are going to show it in hlg everybody else who is showing it in a high dynamic range is going to be converting the hlg to hdr10 which is a more common format more tvs support that than hlg most tvs modern so that TVs might be why apple tv and some of these other boxes aren't doing the hdr they can't somehow for some, for some technically, because I mean, Apple TV reason. does HDR. I watch HDR Correct. movies all the time. Correct. Yeah, that's right. So but for some reason, they can't do the live stream. Right. Uh, and I don't know. Well, it's why just what's being is. sent to them. It's being sent in a way that they can code decode it. Co I correct. Guess. Yeah. Correct. But Direct TV channel 105 apparently is going to do HDR. So if you have Direct TV, you'll be able to see it that way. Is there way. somewhere I can go uh, to find out? You know, I have I've been spent Googling it and there's lots the of articles. Last, there's yeah. a lot of articles on it and there's not any real consistent information. I've been very frustrated by that, which is why I've spent a lot of time putting together sort of a list here. Uh, before we run out of time, I want to make sure that everybody knows that there are some TV deals now, as there always are before Super Bowl Sunday. And you only have one day left. But if you're still looking for a TV deal, I got a few for you. Good, because but, you may say, hey, I really want to see this. That's right. Uh, the lowest price. Now, there's plenty of them, uh, TVs that I don't recommend because they're edge lid or they're just not very good. Uh, the TCL 55R617, the 6 Series TCL, is $500 on Amazon and Walmart, 55-inch. 65-inch for seven 700 bucks. Uh, Vizio PQ65, that's a 65-incher for 1000 bucks. Uh, Samsung uh, 65Q70 for $1,200 on Amazon. LG 55-inch C9 OLED for $1,500. Bucks. That's that's a hell of a deal. The C9 70, is very good. Uh, that's very kind of like the good. one I have. I have a, yes. I have a, uh, have a 7 I think. Yeah, it's, or 6, I think. But it, six, it's, maybe, so yeah. it's from 2016. That's what oh, that yeah, number means. Oh, yeah, but the 55 C9 is, is fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you want to get a 75-inch, a TCL 75-inch 6, uh, 6 Series for 1700 bucks on Amazon, or the Sony uh, XBR 75 X900 for 1700 also. So there are some really good deals out there right now. And if you are going to jam and get a TV for tomorrow's game, those are the ones I recommend. When will the Puppy Bowl be broadcast in 4K Oh, the same time as HDR. the Super Bowl, of but, course. But, but in 4K? Oh, oh. HDR. No, no, I want to no, see those little no. puppies. Every hair too. on their little puppy That's... heads. <laughs> Scott Wilkinson, Home Theater Geek. He's at techhive.com. And it's always a pleasure, Scott. Thank you for the Thank tips. You. Everybody, run and get a TV now. That's right. Yay. <laughs>
I love my. Uh, I bought the new Nvidia Shield, so I'm not. I'm not clear. It's so. All these articles are, are so, it's unclear so unclear about I know. who's doing what when. So it's so so frustrating. We, I've spent a lot of time. We should probably, fortunately, uh, most TVs when you get into to an HDR signal will tell you right. Yes, they will. So that's the that's probably what you should wait for. Yep. You think? I mean, well, will they tell you what frame rate and all that stuff? They'll, they'll yeah, they should. They should they pop it up. Is there a way if you miss that quick pop up? Like, is there an? There is. There's is normally an info a button display or button or an okay. info button. Yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. That'll so that's tell the you. thing to do is tune around but, until you get it the way you mm -hmm. should get it. It'll say 4K HDR. I know mine's my LG says 4K when it's 4K and HDR when it's HDR. Right, right, right. To, uh, as far as my research has indicated, the the it's I think the most consistent best way that most people are going to be able to get 4K HDR with the Super Bowl is on Fubo TV. Fubo. F U B O. And Fubo that's not is, that's a subscription over the that's top service. That's a subscription service. service. Yep, oh, subscription over the top service. It is. It's not free. The Fox Sports uh They're going to give that away for this weekend. Normally you have to have a a cable account, I think. Correct. And you might still have to have one. I had to. Well, when I downloaded and installed it, I made an account, and then I did have to sign into my Xfinity. Yeah. Fubo is a sports-centric streaming service. Sports-centric. <laughs> Say that five times yeah. fast. Uh, streaming, over-the-top streaming service. That's right. And they're going to be offering 4K HD. DR, but it's fifty-five dollars a month. I know, I know. Minimum. It's, it's, I know, I know. It's terribly expensive. And they just dropped the Fox Regional Sports Networks. Uh, but they have the Fox Fox National. They have the the football games via yeah. oh by via the Fox Sports app. So they're using the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. So fortunately, you know, Roku now has the Fox. That's how I'm going to watch it. And believe me, I'm I'm not interested. I'm I'm going to be watching it just to check out the technology. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. care who wins, uh, and the ads. The ads I I want to I want to see too. This is funny. Fubo TV. It's a sports centric network, but doesn't have ESPN on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> the cable companies are just they're they're going to make it so that you you can't really go over the top. They really they're don't want try. it. To. Yeah. And if they do, if you do, you're, they're going to make their money some other way. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm going to do, I'll try this on my Fox Sports app. I have it on my Roku Ultra. Yeah. I yep. also have it on my NVIDIA Shield. I have the brand yep. new one. So we'll, I'll compare yep. those two. Yep. I sure hope that works. And then Bill Murray will be back for a Michelobad. Play, playing the Groundhog Day. No, I'm sorry, Mountain Dew. He's going to do Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, okay. Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, see, the ads are going to be good. The ads are going to be great. Yeah, I love I'm the excited. ads. I, I'm bummed because I have to work. You know, I work for till about 5. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you work till 2, but then don't... No, then I have to do Twit. Do. Yeah, do Twit. Yeah. Twit on is, Sunday. Uh, on Sunday, yeah. And there's no way to, I guess, yeah, and you can't really record these streaming ones. I can't say. Oh, let's not watch. That's not, because I don't want to do it next week either because of the Academy Awards, but <laughs> that's right. life. Hey, um, can you stick around for the top of the hour? Sure. Happy to. All right. 
Mike B saying TiVo has added game skip. They did this last year, so you can skip the game and just watch the ads. Yay! Yay, TiVo! I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna record it on TiVo. That sets it. There you go. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. So for uh, everybody not in San Francisco or Kansas City, in other words, people who couldn't care less about this football game, it's the ads, right? TiVo, <laughs> they did this last year. I love it. If you record it on your TiVo, normally TiVo has a skip ad button on some recordings. But in the, in the case of the big game, they're going to have a skip game <laughs> button. <laughs> you just go add to add to add. I remember they did that last year. That's awesome. So I'll record it on the TiVo, even though that won't be 4K HDR. It'd be nice to have just skip to the next ad. <laughs> so we were talking before the break, uh, we were talking about privacy. And really, this is such a big conversation. I don't. I, I want to have enough time to really delve into it. Our caller was asking, look, I'm not online at all now, and I, but I would like to get song lyrics, he says. That's, you know, the problem is what happens. You get online, you get the internet, and you realize, oh, it's not just song lyrics. It's everything. I can get everything. Endless amounts of information. The internet is incredibly useful. Let's not lose sight of that. It's also mostly free. Mostly free. Once you pay for your internet connection, whether it's from the phone company or the cable company, or maybe you're lucky and you get fiber too or a third party like that. But once you pay for your internet connection, and it ranges in price from $25 to $60 a month, something like that. And you probably have internet on your smart device as well, paying for that through the phone company. Once you've got that, you, you will find an amazing range of information you'll just find it incredibly useful communication socialization and yes there's a lot of trash also because the internet's made of people somebody said i think absolutely correctly if 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 you hate the internet it's not the internet you hate it's the people that you hate the internet just brings all of those people into your home and a lot of it's incredibly useful so don't, I think that there you need the internet, period. You really do. You don't know what you're missing if you don't have it. Once you have it, you'll say, oh, my gosh, I can listen to old-time radio shows. I can watch TV. I can do everything we're talking about. Everything on this show, internet, worth it. It's the single most important invention probably since the wheel, certainly since the printing press, no doubt about it. More than the car, more than the airplane. It is, it is life-changing. In fact... The next big thing on the internet is is we're going to get internet in the sky. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and others are planning on putting satellites up that will give us high-speed internet everywhere on the globe. Everywhere on the globe. At sea, in, in, in the middle of nowhere, in the countryside. That's been one of the problems with the internet is you have to live in an urban area to get decent internet. Soon, within the next few years, literally this year, it'll start and it'll get faster and faster, better and better. Everywhere in the world. That's a, that means that the half of the population of the earth that isn't on the internet will now be able to get on the internet. And that's going to ch change things too because the more people on it, the more valuable it is. Also, the messier it is. Acknowledged. But the more valuable it is. How does the internet... It's mostly free. How do, besides the uh, paying for it, how do, you, how, do you, how do you pay for it? Well, if you use Facebook, for instance, incredibly useful. Incredibly useful. Great way to stay in touch with people to see what's going on. If you use Google, 
you can you have to use Google or some search engine to find stuff on the internet because there's so much. Those things, those services, incredibly useful that they as they are, are free. Why? Because just like this radio show, they're advertising supported. I don't charge you for the radio show either. You hear ads, right? That's how that's how we pay for it. It works out quite well. In fact, my whole life, more than forty years. My salary has been paid for, my, my rent, my food, my children's education, my toys, everything been paid for by advertisers, free advertised supported media. That's a, a longstanding tradition. I like it. It works for me. The alternative is to charge you subscription and there, more people are doing that. And certainly it's worth it. That's what you're, you know, if you're watching cable TV, you're getting charged, aren't you? So that's that's reasonable. Netflix doesn't have ads. HBO doesn't have ads. They charge you. So those are the two financial models. In the problem with privacy, the thing that's sprung up over the years, when you listen to the radio, I don't know much about you. I don't know anything about you. That's why radio tends to end up in uh, not general purpose programming, but but niche or specific programming. That's why you hear a lot of politics on news talk. They're they're aiming at an audience. This show is about technology. So advertisers, if you listen to our advertisers, are mostly technology companies. They know if you're listening to this show, wow, you must really be into technology. So that works okay, but then along come these new websites like Facebook, Google, Amazon is a big advertising company, believe it or not. Um, Microsoft. And they have even more information about you because they know what you're doing online. They know what videos you're watching. They know what, for Google, what search terms. Facebook knows even more. They know your age, your location, your income, your friends. They know a ton. And that's very valuable. Now, they're not giving. Now, we've got to be very clear about what they do with this information. That's their secret sauce. In most cases, they do not give that information to third parties. They want to keep it to themselves. I can't go to Facebook or Google and say, tell me everything you know about Leo Laporte. I can do a Google search, but that's not, they don't, all the, uh, all the behind the scenes information that I can't get. They know and they sell it in aggregate, not by individuals, but they say, hey, we can give you 25 to 35 year old men who with income over $43,000 who have four years of high school education who live in the Twin Cities area. We can, and they can even get more specific than that. We can give you Republicans. We can give you Democrats. Facebook knows a lot, so does Google. Advertisers love it because it makes their ad spend more efficient. When they buy an ad, it's targeted at somebody who's likely to buy. And there's all sorts of tricks that Facebook and others use. For instance, if I have a mailing list, if I'm on a company... And I've got a mailing list of my customers, the people who love me, the most, the, our best customers. I can send that mailing list to Facebook. Facebook compares what they know about those people and can find an equal list of people who are not subscribers, who are not customers, but have very similar demographic profiles, very similar people, and say, look, based on this mailing list, you should be advertising to this, these people. That's very effective. It, a great way to look at this is at presidential campaigns. That stuff is public. And most of those ad spends are $100 or less. They're so specific. $100. But they spend millions of dollars 
$100 at a time because they're so specific. They can target so directly. And there's some concern that Facebook could even target you based on your current emotional tenor. Are you, are you unhappy? Are you happy? Are you depressed? And they can target you that way. Because it's called sentiment analysis. They can list, look at what you post on Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook and say, well, he seems depressed. Let's send him some, <laughs> let's send him some drug ads or whatever. They do that. We know they do that. It works. It's very, advertisers love it. That's the chief privacy inv invasion. Now, admittedly, when a company's collecting all this information, there are other people who would love to get it. The government, right? Are you worried? If you're worried about your government, if you live in a country where your government would use that information to persecute you, to jail you, that's a problem. I don't think we, that's not the U.S., it's not our situation currently. Let's hope it stays that way. But that's one risk. Maybe insurance companies. People often say, well, if I eat a lot of donuts, aren't my insurance rates going to go up? But these are all very hypothetical right now. Well, the, the real use of these, and these companies hold them tight because they don't want to give them away. The real use is for advertising. So that's what you have to decide. Is it worth this incredibly useful internet? Is it worth giving up some of that information? That's the question you have to ask. And I think most of us have said, yeah, I guess it is, because it's so useful. Um, yeah, I was just talking, uh, Swamp Rat in the chat room just, just said that uh, with the Hulu plan he has, he doesn't get any ads. I do. I get ads. I must, I, and, and apparently. Hulu has two the, plans. They have a, a premium plan that has no ads. Okay, I don't have the premium plan, and thus I get ads, and it bugs the heck out of me. So uh, I guess I'm going to have to pay more if I want no ads. Dang. Um, Mike One says, is there a list to know what resolutions the TV stations are broadcasting? Um, the TV stations over the air and cable are for, for um, the Super Bowl anyway. It's all 720p. Uh, which is what Fox broadcasts in. The game is being captured at 1080, but it's being downscaled to 720 for over-the-air and cable broadcast. And then it's being upscaled to 4K for uh, certain channels on DirecTV and Dish. We should point out on, that uh, like ESPN is 720p in its correct. broadcast mode. So 1080p, and so 60 frames, is, and so is Fox. It's very good. You don't normally get that kind of quality. Right. Although it's being downconverted for, for Fox broadcast. To 720. To 720p. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I will say this, downconverting is always gives you better results, almost always, than uh, capturing at the final resolution. So normally they capture at 720p and they show it at 720p and that looks fine. But capturing it at 1080 and downscaling is actually going to look slightly better, slightly better. Um, but uh, upscaling to 4K, well, I'm I'm interested to see. I I I'm not going to pass judgment until I actually see it. I have actually got my Dish Network to set to record the 4K SDR, unfortunately, uh, on channel 540, and also the normal. Fox broadcast on in LA channel 11 uh, and I'm going to compare them 
so we'll see. And then I'm also going to tune in and watch a little bit on Fox Sports app on the Roku. Um, I suppose I could get a, a one-week free trial on Fubo TV, but I'm going to see what Fox Sports does. Hopefully that will, will do the job. Uh, Beatmaster says, yeah, the box being 1080p doesn't mean that's what the content provider puts out. That's correct. And in fact, over the air isn't even going to, if you, if you were to get 1080, it wouldn't be P progressive. It would be I interlaced. So 720p is better in that regard as well. So <clears throat> yeah, this is all so confusing. Uh, yes, uh, Web1491, record 1080. Well, yeah, they capture it 1080. They down convert to 720 for OTA. Then your TV upscales it to 4K if you have a 4K TV. Because no matter what your TV gets, if it's lower than 4K, it's going to upscale it to 4K. So you're getting upscaling one way or the other. And even though TV upscaling has gotten so much better, over the last few years, professional upscaling that Fox is going to use on their outbound stream is going to be better. No doubt. I have zero doubt of that. Um, Lumpy says, I love talking to people uh, who know for sure that they get 4K, 4K OTA on their, uh, on their TV and think I am crazy. <laughs> no, you're not crazy. They're wrong. <laughs> there is no such thing as 4K OTA except in a couple of markets. Now, ATSC 3.0 has been deployed experimentally in a few markets. I think Phoenix is one. And that's only one channel in Phoenix and a few others. At CES this year, we learned that ATSC hopes to get uh, ATSC deploy ATSC 3.0 deployed in I think they said 70 markets no uh, they said 70 percent of the U.S. population by the end of 2020 so by the end of this year they hope to I, I they did acknowledge that that was probably uh, overly optimistic shall we say <laughs> um, I forget how many markets they said I'd have to go back and look at my notes but um they, I do remember 70% of U.S. population was what they were hoping to get. But it's just not uh, – it, it, generally speaking, the vast majority of, of the U.S. population currently does not get 4K over the air. They just don't do it. Now, if you have a 4K TV, as I said before, any signal coming in over the air, cable, satellite, streaming, anything, gets upscaled to 4K. So it's understandable that somebody might mistakenly think that, that they're getting a 4K signal, but they're not. That is absolutely clear. Eric Duckman says KEYT is a test market. Eric, where is KEYT? What market is that in? Um, and Scooter X put out a, a showed us an ATSC newsletter a link. Uh, Coming soon to a TV station near you, top 40 TV markets launching... Uh, ATSC 3.0. Doesn't mean they'll do 4K. It doesn't mean, and that's a very good point. Just because they're doing ATSC 3.0 doesn't mean they will do 4K. That's 4K correct. 4K production is tough. You have to upgrade yeah. everything. The cameras, everything. everything. It's very yeah. expensive. And they just yeah. upgraded to HD recently. Right. 
right to, so, to digital yeah yeah, and, and 1080 or 40. Yeah. yeah, they don't want, I don't think they, they don't want to do it they again. They don't want to do it again. <laughs> That's exactly right. In fact, when we talked to, we had to edit it out because she wasn't authorized to talk to us. When we talked to yeah. the UTSC 3 lady, she focused on interactivity as being yes. the real selling point. Yep. Yep. Which is a pretty big selling point if you're all over the air and you can. Eh, it's been a pipe it, dream for years, though. I, it, and you need internet access. Right. You need. Basically, you need your tuner or your TV to be connected to the Internet, which a lot of them are these days. So it's not that big a deal. Um, and I like the fact that you're going to have something of a unified user interface to get the weather or uh, so on and so forth. One of the interactive things that they talk about a lot, I don't know how important it's really going to be, is kind of emergency broadcasting. You know, if there's it's a, a holding action against the inevitable and I mean inevitable disappearance of over-the-air TV. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm afraid well, you're you probably know, right about that. That's why you got the internet. What do you need that for? Yeah, right. Oh, man. the uh, I just uh, – we have a – I think a lot of cities have, you know, free newspapers. Yeah, that's what one, OTA will be. We have – yeah, exactly. <laughs> our our free newspaper used to be, you know, 100 pages – Last one I saw a little while ago, it was 16 pages. Yeah. It was like, what? Yeah. That's going away. Yeah. It's it's quickly disappearing up its own you-know-what. All right, Scotty. Thank you. Enjoy the puppy bowl. Oh, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Go Team Fluff. <laughs> oh, he's Team Fluff, eh? Well, I am I'm, Team Fluff. I'm Team Curly Short Hairs. I don't know <laughs> No, it's Team Rough. It's rough. Team Rough versus Team Fluff. Oh, do you <laughs> want to stick around for our first call? He sure. wants to talk to you. All right. Okay. Well, hey, 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 how are you today? Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. Time to talk computers, the internet, home theater, digital photography, smartphones, smartwatches, privacy, security, TV, the Super Bowl. Line one has a question for Scott Wilkinson, so I'm going to get him on right now because Scott's still here. Ed in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hello, Ed. Hello, Leo. Scott, thanks a lot for taking my call. Hey, hey Ed, how you doing? I have to pay him overtime, so make it quick. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I've been dreaming of an 82, 85 inch or so TV. Ooh. I've listened to a lot of what you said, and you give me all this information on the things inches. to look for. Wow. Uh, my, I started off, my seating position is almost 15 feet away from the screen, and I've heard terms like 1.6 times the diagonal, two to three times the diagonal. I don't know what the sweet spot is. I'm getting confused there. But then the other things, I guess uh, non-negotiable would be backlit LED, I've what's called full, what's called full array local dimming FALD or FALD? Yes. Yes, and then when I look for that in the specifications, I find no mentions of those things in any of the TVs I'm looking at. Well, so, some of them, some of them do, some of them on the on the online specs do specify that, and some don't. I agree. It's it's yeah, a, and, not and a consistent thing. Use, well, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Well, uh, uh, well, unfortunately, one the one that you mentioned a year ago. We, Turns out to be seventy-five inches. They don't. They top out their Vizio Quantum and Quantum X. Then there's an L LG eighty seventy, the Samsung QLED sixty seventy and ninety. I think you mentioned the seventy a little ago. That might be the sweet spot. Yes, there. The, sev the seventy is the the sixty is edge lit, and the seventy is right. full array backlit. 
as oh, is the Q80 and Q90. So I would go down to the Q70. That would be the lowest I would go. Okay, good. And then Sony has the X850G and X950G. The 950 mentions full array, the 850. Yes. I didn't see it. I so. sus- I, as I'd have to look that up. I think the X50 probably isn't uh, full mm-hmm. array local dimming, so the 950 I know is. I know for sure. Okay. Well, uh, X- oh, what, what, how's my distance? And the other seats in this room, but nobody ever watches TV with me, so it doesn't matter. But they go up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so sad, Ed. <laughs> I know. No, I think, I think you're exactly right. I, so, I, at 15 feet, I would definitely go. Bigger is with better. A, yeah. Absolutely. I would go with an 82 or an 85. No question whatsoever. I'll put a link on our show notes to the R Tings website where they have a, uh, yes, a calculator. Yes. But they the calculator only goes to 12 feet and it says 85 <laughs> inches. I don't know what. 15 feet, you know, as big as you can afford, as big as you can yeah. fit in your that's, room. That's correct. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, they're all they're all down to the price that i can handle i just wondered about that lg uh, versus the samsung the 8070 if that fit into that category well let, let me let me see here you said lg what was it again what about a project a projector you know i have well you know that's another thought i have in my great room uh ed you know it's a big room and for tomorrow for the super bowl we'll have people wandering around the kitchen's part of it the dining room's part of it so we have a projector in there that goes to 100 inches Reason being, uh, you know, it, no matter where you're sitting, you want it. The game is 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 really big and nice. Projection's never going to be as bright as uh, LCD. Correct. But, or OLED, for that matter. Yeah, but it looks good. Bright room. Yeah. Bright room. Yeah, ours it is, is too. You, are you in a bright room? Fairly bright. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we we have that high sense uh, projector, short throw projector, which is nice because it doesn't take up any more space than a regular TV. I just put the projector on the same credenza that the TV was on. Right. You do have to. It's expensive because you have to get a special screen for it and all of that. But then you get a hundred inches. Um, yeah, bright room yeah. though. I don't know. We we uh, we usually watch at night, so it doesn't matter that we can't darken the room that much. Right, and I will tell you this: the LG. Most of the LG uh, LCD TVs are edge lit, ah. so I I would be careful about that. Um, the LG eight UM eighty seventy, I think you said the number was. Yes, um, I'm I'm just looking that up now, and of course uh, my internet's going a little slow, but uh, here it is. Um, I, I, I'd have to look, let me see if I can find it real quick. I know I'm on a gun here, but I suspect that's edge lit. I would go with the Samsung Q70. 70, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or the uh, Sony X950. Here's a question we don't Or often, X900 if you can get an 85-inch. We don't often address, but how long are you going to have that TV, Scott? I mean, the, the micro LEDs coming along maybe in five years. You're gonna oh, see. yeah. That's going to be a while before it's affordable. Okay. So... So this is going to be a five to ten year investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which TVs mostly are these days? I, I would. They're not as long as they used to be. That's correct. Sure. Correct. Yeah. TVs used to be a twenty or twenty five year investment. Now they're a yeah, five, five to ten. Five is about. Year five is about the age of the one I have now. It's a Vizio mm-hmm. 1080, 1080p. And I predict in five years you'll start to say, hmm, I, I'd "Oh like yeah, to, I'd like to see what I can get out there." You know, one way you future proof it is by getting four K HDR, right? Oh, absolutely. You want HDR without I don't think question. you cannot get it. Right. Don't worry about smart TV. You're going to get it, but you're not going to use it. it. There's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no way. 
no way around that. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I'd recommend. I'd, I'd go with the uh, Samsung Q70 or the Sony X900 or X950. Yeah, they didn't have prices on the website for any of those. It did for the 850G, so I just wondered if they even were carrying them anymore, 950 and 900. Well, well just Google, Google them. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be able to find them. Yeah, I'll check it out. Okay, great. Hey, I'm glad uh, you could stick around, Scott. Thank you, Ed. Well, I you appreciate bet. it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's nice to have a, an expert, a Marshall McLuhan I could pull out from behind the movie sign. <laughs> well, I happen to have him right here. Right here. Scott Wilkinson at techhive.com and, of course, every week on our show. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is the time everybody's going out and looking at TVs. And actually, it's not a bad time, although Scott, I think, has told us that the uh, the the only problem with buying a TV in January... Are you still there, Scott? Is, is yeah, it, the I new, am. The new uh, models, when do they come out? More like the spring, right? The springtime, yeah. So you're spring gonna to be, summer. You're going to be buying a summer. 2019 model, almost certainly. Correct, correct. And uh, Beatmaster in the chat room is saying you should look for HDMI 2.1. I disagree. With a 4K TV, HDMI 2.0 is fine. With an 8K TV... That's what 2.1 is for. That's really what he wants 2.1 yeah. for. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott and, Wilkinson. You know, my pleasure. All right. Have a good one. Uh, I have my TV, as I said, I bought it four years ago, three or four years ago. And I couldn't be happier. So I think, yeah, I think it's reasonable to expect at least five years. Maybe maybe a little bit longer. 8888 Ask Leo. We will talk uh, high tech, you and I. Anything on your mind? 888-827-5536. And I do want to follow up on that Super Bowl conversation. We have a number of links to different articles, Consumer Reports. One of them, Tom's Hardware, another. We'll put those in our show notes so that you can at least try to figure out how you can watch the Super Bowl in 4K tomorrow. Uh, the website, techguylabs.com. Techguylabs.com. That's free. No sign up. 8888-ASK-LEO. Your call's coming up. Hey, our show today brought to you, as always, by Cashfly. That's our content delivery network. We used to, when the show first came out, you just download it right from the website. But that sure ran. That got old fast. Cashfly uh, delivers rich media content like podcasts, like applications, like data, up to 10 times faster than traditional delivery methods. It's even up to 30 times faster than the other major CDNs. And because Cashfly has servers all over the world, your, your customers downloading the data from the server that's near them, that's really a big difference. They also means they have 100% SLA. They never go down. For me, that was huge. I don't want any middle-of-the-night phone calls. Uh, I can't download Twit. The server's down. Oh, that would be a nightmare, but it never happens, does it? Mm -mm. In fact, people always tell me, your podcast download faster than anybody else's. Cashfly. We actually deliver petabytes of data every month of our shows, audio and video, via Cashfly to you, our listeners. And I am so grateful to Cashfly. I want you to try it yourself. I'm not alone, by the way. Ours technically uses Cashfly. Even companies like Microsoft and Adobe have, have are Cashfly customers. LG. On average, customers who switch to Cashfly get not only faster service, but more than 20% in savings. 
Get a custom plan tailored to your needs. It evens out the spikes. This is day nature. This data by by its very nature is it's spiky. You know, on Sunday night, everybody's downloading Twit, and if I had to watch and make sure that spike didn't hit a certain level, that'd make me crazy. Nope, they work with you to average it out over a year. So it's 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 really a great solution. I want you to try it. If you are right now using a CDN, or if you're not and you want to, twit.cashfly.com. They're giving away a detailed analysis of your current bill, your current usage trends. They tell you how, how much you can save with Cashfly. And there's no high-pressure sales. These guys are great. I just love them. Cashfly. Twit.cashfly.com to get the free analysis. As we always say, Bandwidth for the Tech Guy podcast is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com. Thank you, Cashfly. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's right. Leo Laporte. The tech guy. 8888. Ask Leo. 888-827-5536. Line two, Daniel Chatsworth, California. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Leo. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. I uh, My cable bill is uh, not doing well, though. It just keeps rising. Yes, it does. You and, know why uh, it keeps rising? Because they figure at some point... You're going to say, oh, I'm going to get rid of the cable bill and go uh, use the Internet for all my TV. So they got to keep it going up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're preparing so was, for that uh, day. <laughs> you know, I've been a TV user for about 20 years now, and I was wondering if there is a service where I can still keep my TV and use it uh, and not having to pay that uh, higher bill. Um. That's an interesting question. You're talking TiVo, but you want to have internet-only TiVo. Right. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I guess you could. Chat room might know. Most people don't bother because you don't really need all the uh, elaborate stuff. First of all, TiVo has a monthly subscription, unless you paid for... Yeah, I do have a lifetime. You had the lifetime. That's why you want to keep it. Right. Um... Are you going to do any over-the-air broadcasts, or are you just going to do internet-only broadcasts? Uh, just internet-only would be fine. Yeah. I mean, do I, you get over-the-air? Uh, you probably do in Chatsworth. You could probably get the... I, I can get it, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, right now I don't because I have the cable. Yeah, so that's probably the best way to cord cut. If you can get locals uh, over-the-air is to spend a little money on an antenna... Right. You do need an over-the-air TiVo. You have one that goes to the cable box, so it's a different kind, unfortunately. Uh, actually, uh, I can hook up an antenna. Too. Oh, you can. Excellent. Yeah. So that's the way the TiVos used to be. So then you get the TiVo benefit with the live, which is uh, the live locals. And then TiVo has its own over-the-air. You know, you have it, their own apps on the TiVo app. And I don't. I think most of the over-the-air stuff you don't need the TiVo features for because you don't. it's all on demand. In other words, there's no reason to record a Netflix show because okay. it's but it's always I was, there. I was, uh, you know, wanting to get the cable channels that. Uh, ah, that's another matter entirely. Uh, yeah. So now you need to go to an over the uh, internet service. OTT is what they call it, over the top service that has live locals. There are several of these. PlayStation View just shut down, but there's still Sling TV, AT and T's Direct TV now. I think they've renamed it. Uh, Fubo, we mentioned, Pluto TV. The one I use comes from Google. It's YouTube TV. $50 a month. 
So this is the problem. You're not going to necessarily save much money. But it just depends on how much you buy, right? How much TV you buy. $50 a month gives you all your locals built-in TiVo-like DVR capability. In fact, it's better than TiVo because you can have up to six family members share that account. And each of them have their own recording area and their own recordings. So if, oh, wow. if your wife likes football... And you like basketball, you don't have to see her football recordings. You only see yours. Oh, that sounds good. The, the DVR in YouTube TV is phenomenal. It has a very similar to TiVo's guide. You know, it's got the grid guide, and but a little bit better because you can see what's on. It's actually playing in little thumbnails. Okay. I honestly think, uh, you know, if that's... The problem is that's 50 bucks. Then if you're going to add uh, HBO or Showtime or any of the more, there's additional subscriptions. It ends up being pretty close to your cable bill. Not a huge difference. I see. I but see. you get more control over it. Okay. Now, some time ago, I thought you mentioned a, a, a company that uh, will send you a cable card like the cable company does. Yeah, your cable company is by law required to give you a cable card. That's usually what people do with their TiVo. That's how my TiVos work. They have a little slot in the back. It looks like a credit card. It's actually the old PCMCIA card. You plug it in, and it makes that TiVo a cable box. It gives it all the capabilities of the of the street of the cable box that you would normally get. So you don't have to rent a cable box from the cable company. You just rent the cable card instead. They're required to do that. Sometimes they aren't real cooperative. They'd rather rent you the box if they could. But yeah, I, they, I have cable cards in three in three different locations in my house <laughs> instead of cable boxes. I don't want the cable boxes, and I exactly. like the TiVos better. Yeah. yeah. So that's another way to go if you want to keep. But then now you're going to continue to pay the cable fee. You can't get. And somebody called last week. You're going to see ads all the time. You're going to be people talking about. Oh, I get free TV doing this. There is no such thing. You will be paying. If you're getting free, it's a pirate system. Yeah. And there are lots of those, but uh, we don't, I don't tell people how to do it because obviously that's you know wrong. I don't think the cops will come to your door. They may shut down the pirate service, though. In fact, almost certainly will at some point. So these pirate services are offshore. They move around. They're different places. I don't recommend doing that. That's just wrong. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, we. I just saw. I just saw a study that said <clears throat> that we have gone from. I think a year ago or two years ago, $130 a month for streaming content to on average in the U.S. to $170 a month on streaming content. We buy content, which is good. The content companies, which who used to be really concerned about piracy, I think have realized that convenience is more important. And the fact that I could just turn on my TV and start streaming from Amazon Prime and Hulu and YouTube and Netflix, and I got more TV than I ever needed, and I, don't, I only need the cable company for one thing. That's Internet access. Right. And if you want over the air, I mean, if you want locals, like say you want to watch the Super Bowl tomorrow or you want to watch the Academy Awards next Sunday, uh, then you want your local you know, ABC affiliate, over the air is the best deal in television because you just put up an antenna and it's free. And it's very high quality, by the way. It's HD quality. Right. So that's that's the best. If you're going to court cut, that's your best hope for getting a deal is get if you can get over the air, spend a little money on the antennas. Very good. There are two very good sites I refer people to if they're looking uh, on how to get over the air signals, what kind of antenna, what kind of signals you can get based on your location, that kind of thing. It's TV Fool. Dot com, T-V-F-O-O-L, 
Okay. And uh, the Consumer Electronics uh, Association has its own site, which is, you know, a little more official. It's antennaweb.org. And that will also help you help you figure out what kind of antenna you need for your locals, whether you can get your locals. TVFool.com, AntennaWeb.org are two excellent sites. If you can get inexpensive high-speed internet, and if you can get over the air, then cord cutting might make sense. It just depends on your need for sports or movies or you know extra right. stuff. That's where you. That's where it adds up. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds Enjoy. Good. Yeah. Oh. I think you know. The other thing I would send people to, uh, in a, it's, a, it's an alternative to TiVo, is silicondust.com. Silicondust.com. They make the HD home run. These are for live over-the-air DVR. So the only time you really need a DVR these days, a digital video recorder these days, is for live TV, right? Because everything else is streaming. You can watch... HBO, Showtime, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, whenever you want. It's always available. So you don't need to DVR that stuff. You just need the, the live stuff DVR'd. So Silicon Dust, Dust makes a variety of, I think, uh, great solutions. The one I'm waiting for, <laughs> I really, uh, I may be waiting forever. It may be vaporware at this point, is one that uses a cable card. We are talking about how you can get the cable card, how I have three of them. I'd like to replace my TiVos. With an HD Home Run Prime, six tuners, put a cable card in there, and then hook it up to either a computer or a network-attached storage device, and suddenly you've got internet-wide, powerful TV capabilities. That's my dream. When I get that, I'll tell you how it how it works out. I'm still waiting for the Home Run for a cable card. I, I may be waiting forever. In development. In development, they say. Johnny Jet's in development, our travel guru. He's ready. We're going to go to Johnny and talk about traveling like a rock star when we return right after this. Uh, we don't get uh, over the air here. so. And I got an email from a guy. I should read it because uh, every time I do this and I say, you're not going to save money. I get emails. Um, this is from uh, Andy, fellow geek. He says, You frequently say that cord cutting provides no notable savings over cable and or satellite subscriptions. My experience is very much the contrary. I had Dish TV for a bazillion years. Even after continually negotiating a discount rate, I was still paying about $1,200 a year, plus or minus 100 bucks a month. I pay for my cable almost 200 bucks a month now. It just, as our last caller said, they just notch it up bit by bit. This service did include a DVR, a big selling point for me. Actually, uh, TiVo had a very good DVR. Uh, Dish had a very good DVR, the Hopper, remember that? Uh, I still had an additional internet bill for my residence as well, right? Of course you do. You always have the internet bill. So this is what Andy did. I canceled my Dish Network subscription. There's 100 bucks a month down. Put a quality antenna on my roof. Yes, giving me 43 over-the-air channels. There you go. Including ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. My wife was bummed. She lost the food channel. I subscribed to Philo, a streaming network, $17 a month, which gave me the food channel plus many more desirable channels. Okay, so now we're at 17 bucks a month. I also have the Roku Supreme additional programming. Yes, lots of it. I purchased the basic Tableau device, which is a, co a competitor to uh, 
uh, silicon dust. It's a similar idea, which allows me to DVR any of my antenna channels. Philo provides a free DVR. I pay $5 a month for an advanced channel guide on the Tableau. Uh, with Tableau and Philo, I can watch anything on my portable devices. My current monthly bill now, $22, saving about 80 bucks a month. He says, notes, I'm not a huge sports fan. B, my son does share his Netflix account with us. Oh, you didn't mention that. Okay, add $12. <laughs> uh, the, the key is, and I've mentioned this before, if you can get over the air, that's the best deal in television. That's free, right? You, Except for the, you know, he doesn't mention how much it costs to put an antenna on his roof. But I probably cost a little bit, right? Uh, so... Um, if you can get live over the air with an antenna, you're going to spend a little more on hardware to get the uh, like a Tableau or a Silicon Dust. There's some upfront costs one must not forget, but there's upfront costs for cable too. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't mean to say that everybody uh, is going to spend more. Johnny Jet, I give you our traveling guy. Hello, John. Johnny. Hello, Leo. How are you? Uh, oh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Um, you know what? I, I told you I've been planning this round the world trip for the last <gasps> few months. And now, are was, you just going to do it on a plane? Well, I think I you mean, should I'm, walk or bicycle if you're really going to do a round the world trip. Agreed. I mean, obviously, <laughs> they but, got bicycles. Uh, you can go across the ocean now. I, well, I haven't seen that one. Well, it'd be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, the whole virus thing's been freaking everyone out. Oh, yeah. Part, part of my stops were Singapore, uh, Is Singapore? No, and Singapore. Hong Kong. And Hong Kong. Hong are, Kong's are, the, are airlines not flying? To, I know they're not flying to China, but do they fly to Hong Kong? They do fly to Hong Kong, some of them, but some of them were just canceled. So Delta right. canceled them. Uh, Americans still fly in them. I feel bad for people who have plans to go to China because... Let's be honest. The flu, the everyday flu is it's far worse. worse. This is a form of flu. It's a new form. People are concerned because it's a new form. We don't right. we, we didn't get the shots for this one. But well, it's not it's as bad as the flu. Sorry, but you don't know. I think they I think they don't know and for China to shut down a whole um region is remarkable. So I think that scared everyone and now the US really um, you know, started shutting it down. And now all these pilots and flight attendants do not want to fly, which I cannot blame them. But just to put this in perspective, 19 million Americans got the flu this year, this season. Right. There were 10 to 25,000 deaths. It's not clear. But between October of 2019 and January 25th, there have been between 10,000 and 25,000 deaths from the influenza, the one you get the shot for. Right. Coronavirus flu, which is another, it's also flu, 240 deaths. So let's just put this in perspective. Agreed. And actually, I just put, I just, uh, I found this incredible tool. Actually, it was someone in your chat room last week. It's a, from John Hopkins. And I just put it in the chat room and I tweeted it out, tagged you. Um, it's a long URL, so I can't even say it. And you actually need to have these the code at the end to, to actually access it. So you can't go to, right through John Hopkins University. But it shows you the whole map and how many people have been affected, which countries, how many people have died. And the numbers you just said are, are, are pretty much right there. The flu is bad news. 
The now, flu is bad news, and that scares me. That's why we don't put our, our newborn on a plane until the flu season's over. So, uh, admittedly, uh, maybe there's something they don't, they're not telling us about it. Uh, the World Health Organization says it is a health emergency. But um, anyway, so don't go to China, I guess. Well, well, I would have gone on the whole trip, but... Part of the problem is uh, we don't know how it's transmitted, right? And, and it could I, mutate and become something even worse, and I don't for know. Sure. And I have two little kids. I cannot take a chance... Um, also, I don't want to be quarantined for a couple of weeks because yeah. there was a, there was a flight from Singapore to China that had two sick people on it, and they quarantined the whole. Yeah, plane. fourteen day quarantine because it's got a long incubation. Yeah, period. so I, like uh, you know, I can't, I can't. I was going mm. around the world in eight days. I can't go away, you know, be quarantined for two weeks. <sighs> I just think of it as a vacation, uh, even though it is an Air Force base. You no. be quarantined on no. No, no, that's in America. In China, you're being quarantined. Uh, that's no vacation at all. That is not because you're, you're also yeah. being quarantined with sick people. Yeah. So I don't want to diminish. I don't want to, uh, you know, say it's not a problem. But it's just we also have the flu, and because we're used to it, we don't think about it. But that's de much more deadly, at least right now. It is. But this is a good time, by the way, to fly. Um, it, a lot of people who, when when these outbreaks happen, people are like, "That's when I want to go because everything's going to be cheap. <laughs> it's really you quiet. Can up, you can get upgraded for cheap. Bring your own right masks. Now. Bring your own masks." One of my flights, I bought a a, a coach ticket from uh, Hong Kong to L.A. on American Airlines for five hundred dollars, and I used a system wide upgrade for a lie flat seat. So that business class would have been five hundred for me. But you can buy that business class. You can buy actually first class for twenty two hundred. Um, so these are you're going to get some good deals, and the hotels are definitely going to be um, wide <laughs> <Empty>. open. <laughs> they are. And this I is, don't know if it's worth it. Well, listen, I have a lot of friends. I, mm. I put, I, I wrote a post. I just tweeted it out and put it in the chat room. And I had so many comments. And some of them that scared me were from really seasoned travelers and even some that of my readers that were li living in these countries. And they're like, stay home. Don't go. But there were other people who were like, you know what? Go. I'm fine. Wear a mask. Although a mask is not going to help you. Well, that's the problem is we don't know exactly how it propagates. So they say it, They say it, it won't help you unless – yeah. but, yeah. you know – most important thing, but but real quick, you know, I canceled the trip, and um, some Aww. of the airlines were easy to deal with, but some of them were not. So Delta Airlines, kudos. My buddy had a ticket on Delta. He called them up. He was flying New York to Amsterdam. They said no problem. He was even that leg of the trip wasn't even on Delta, and he, they're like no problem. They they gave him full refund. I called American for my flight from Hong Kong to L.A. and they're like, sorry, you can just delay it. First, they said for like till the end of March. And now I just read, I think they changed it today to the end of the year, which that would have been fine. Um, and then a Finnair, who I had a ticket with, they said, sorry, 50% you're going to have to pay. So I'm still dealing with those guys. Um, but uh, Delta has been amazing. And I, and I Delta was not even on this trip, but you know what? They've done it many times before where they're they're willing to cancel. Just when my dad was in the hospital and my dad had a ticket. So I love uh -huh. Delta for that. But uh, American... And and I, American's my choice of airline. I do not love them for uh, for their policies. I'm liking Delta more and more. I have to say. Well, I mean, they really, you know, they're just they have great policies in terms of like, yeah. you know, they're trying harder. Don't, don't get on a plane. Yeah, that, that's yeah. why so many people are sick because they can't they, afford yeah. to cancel right. it or they right. don't. If you have a sick person, you should not want them we on have, the plane. In fact, everyone and your employees. We have that policy here at work. We say, don't come in sick. I know, you know, I don't want to take a sick day or blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's one thing for you to be out for a day. It's another thing yep. for the whole team to be out for a day or week. And it's a whole nother thing 
when Leo gets the flu. <laughs> that is bad news. It, it, I, I agreed. I mean, having you having you out uh, would be terrible. But and there and by the way, travel insurance is something to think about. Although I, um, you know, Hong Kong's probably not covered, and Singapore is definitely not because so they're not banning the flights yet. Right. If you're flying if, to if, Beijing, well, okay, or Wuhan, you'd be all right. So when American told me they wouldn't cancel my flight, what I did, I was like, you know what? Well, don't cancel it. Uh, I mean, they said they weren't going to refund it. I said, well, don't cancel my flight. I'll wait. So I'll wait up to the last minute. That's to what you do for a refund. If they're huh? going to cancel it, and then you get a full refund. Right. If they cancel it. And you're all rolling you told me if they change the time. Yes. If you, if it, it depends on the airline. But usually if they delay the flight more than an hour or two, you can, you can call refund. them up say, listen, listen, I was going to miss my meeting me. or whatever, and they'll refund you. And I've had that. I've done that many times. Wow. Um, so always, always, but you got to monitor it because a lot of times once that flight takes off and you don't, it's taken off and you don't um, let them know, that could be lost. It so is true that the fear of this virus is really accentuated because uh, we travel, we're global. People are flying in and out of China all the time, all over the world. And so this stuff spreads a lot faster than it would have in horse and buggy era. So I understand uh, prudence does seem sensible at this point till we know more yeah for sure yeah so, well stay healthy you're gonna stay home i'm staying home well i i think i'm gonna go visit my dad now that i'm gonna be go pop in and see him yeah there uh, you go there guy's you 91 go. years old i gotta spend as much time as i can yeah johnny jet is at johnnyjet.com that's his home on the web follow him on twitter too at johnny jet and on instagram and we will see you next week thank you john Thank you. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Yeah, I mean, who wants to take a chance? People under it was really not so much people are overestimating novel coronavirus that they underestimate influenza. Right. You know? Agreed. I mean, I have to like it's like pulling <laughs> teeth to get people to take their flu shots. If I had two, if I didn't have two little kids, I, I wouldn't be having this conversation. I would be waiting up until the day before, and most likely going. I would, I would have gone. Um, yeah, because you're a strong, healthy young man. Well, I, and I, I don't have a lot of risk. Although when you these days, if you come back, say I just got back from China, people take a step back. Oh yeah. Before they're like, mm. "Cool, tell me about it." Now they're like, mm. "I want nothing to do with you." Mm. And, I, and I, it's not only just about the, the whole virus and stuff. I think it's they're also talking about even when you travel long distances. I think people now are with this whole Greta effect about. Um, well, I buy carbon warm. credits. We should do the talk about that at some point. Yeah, yeah, I'll make a I mean, note. It makes me feel good. I don't know how much, but I go. There's two I use. I use the Good Traveler. Okay. TheGoodTraveler.org. Um, and you can buy carbon credits. You just put in your flight, and it'll 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 tell you what right. the carbon impact is. It's actually really inexpensive. It's like one percent of the overall cost. And then for cruising, I bought something from TerraPass, T E R R A P A S S dot com. The Good Traveler was a recommendation from the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Sciences. So I figured they know what because you got to be careful when you buy these. Make sure they're really. Without a doubt. There's yeah, another one legit. Um, I've used before, and I'll, I'll do a little bit more I research. I think that would be a good topic for us to do at some point. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. 8888 ask Leo, the phone number line one, Mike in Reno. Hello, Hi. Mike. Hello, Leo. Mike Antonucci, former oh, Mercury News, if you recall. I do, and thank you for the email. I apologize for not getting right away to get back to you, but... Uh, I did. I did note your email. 
It's great to talk to you. Mike is an old friend. The reason I called was because I heard you talking about how you just discovered an email from a friend from last May. So I figured the email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did get your email, though, Mike. And, uh, you know, the problem is, I don't know, do you do this? Because I get a lot of email. I see it. I read it. I make a note in my back of my brain. But then it gets, you know, scrolled off the screen with all the other ones that come in. And, uh, you know, I always think, oh, because I need the time to respond, especially to old friends like you. <laughs> I, I I understand. Um, I I count myself a listener. I don't count myself. Uh, Thank you, Mike. Uh, a transactional person with you. Well, we got to make a deal then. Let's make a deal. We can make a deal. <laughs> so so, what's up in Mike's world? So, did you absorb? That you've been talking a lot about um, the cost or yes. not cost savings of. Um, cord cutting. Did you absorb the point I was making? Because what's happening in Reno is a lot of large apartment complexes are making deals with Spectrum and it's under the heading of bulk cable. Yeah. And here's what happened with me. I ended up with essentially free cable TV. This is another aspect to the decline of eyeballs, right? Spectrum is so is so desperate to get eyeballs on the TV side. Well, remember that there's still, get, even though you, the net was that you pay less, they're still making plenty of money. And in fact, this has been, it's interesting because this has been a bone of contention. And it happens in big cities. Reno is not quite a big city. It's the biggest little city in the world, but it's not quite a big city. But in San Francisco and many other cities, New York, what happens is companies, WebPass is a really good example, go to the condo building owner or the apartment building owner and make a deal for exclusive access to everybody in that building. So that's not... In this case, is, yeah, I gathered from your email, you, you don't have to subscribe to Spectrum. That's unusual. Well, so you can, you can probably... This is part of it, which I admit qualifies the deal you may be invested in a lot of equipment and things that now is um unnecessary or feels redundant it, it's not a it, it's it's not a win-win but for me who was using little rabbit ears in the window and <laughs> and streaming um and streaming um netflix but paying over 80 dollars a month for their high-speed internet i'm now paying $30 less a month and getting the same high-speed internet and free cable. And you get TV. That's a good deal. Yeah. So here's, That's a good deal. here's what I would have written had I emailed you. Now I don't have to, which is great. Uh, is watch out. Because next year, they're going to raise that. And, and by the way, they've got you because they charge your rent. Right? You're not sending money to right. Spectrum. It's coming in. It just, they raised your rent 50 bucks. And this uh, is the cutting my cu cutting my overall. Uh, yeah, of course. For now, but next year when it goes to eighty, and the year after that when it goes to a hundred, I predict that's what's going to happen. Spectrum is not in the charity business, so I couldn't agree so more. So the lock, what they really want, and what they got is the lock-in. They've got everybody in that building because who wouldn't say yes to that? And that's what Spectrum wanted. No. 
Are you telling me that in two years I'll be back where I was? Yes. That's two years of breaks at thirty dollars right. a month. Yeah, you made the your your homo economicus economicus. You you I'm not insulting you. You're <laughs> the economic man. You're making a rational decision. But this is the whole thing. I think cable companies are not stupid either. Right? And so one of the things you're I, leaving out of the equation is well, what's in it for spectrum? Oh, I know what's in it for Spectrum, but but I also know what's in it for me. Yeah, so I think this is a good deal. They they have calculated they're going to make it up over over time. What they want and whatever what WebPass and many other companies want. By the way, good another good friend of mine, uh, Om Malik, the journalist, has a apartment in San Francisco. He's got gigabit uh, internet from WebPass. He's very very happy with it. But he doesn't have a choice. So that's what's ultimately happening is they want the they want to lock in every everybody in that building, because from the point of view of Spectrum, that is a very it's easy to provide. There's one wire goes into the building. That's a it's you know it's a very dense population center. If they can wire that and then the next one down the block and the next one down the block, they could charge you a little bit less because they're going to make it up. And eventually, I think over time they're going to raise. Raise rates. That's what historically cable companies have done, knowing that they were going to lose business to over the top. They've slowly raised rates in other areas, hoping to make the difference. I think, Mike, you made obviously you made the right choice. There's not. No, I'm not questioning that at all. Um, I'm I think just you're making great points, and it's the reason I was hoping you'd go on the air with it. But I'm I glad you called. What, what I would rather, I, I would rather negotiate. I would rather negotiate a complaint with my apartment complex than with Charter. <laughs> As the rates go up. Very good, very very good point, Mike. Um, how's retirement? Are you writing? Are you doing anything? I have been writing a variety of things just uh, for enjoyment. I don't know. I'm still adjusting to retirement, Leo. But I will. But you know, that's. I'll take just uh, 20 more seconds to say something else to you. I'm a huge fan for all the consumer aid you gave me. Give me. I'm a huge fan because of the personality of the dialogue on your show. But here's the thing. You just asked me what retirement is like from being a, a newspaper and a magazine reporter. Here's um, here's what I appreciate much about your most about your show. It's the the rigorous disclosure, not only about sponsors, but personal biases. You buy your own products, you absolutely bend over backwards in every conversation to point out if there's another point of view or a fairness element, you're you're more, you're as much a journalist as help, and well, I'm very appreciative. I'm I'm honored coming from you, Mike. Was of course by being the tech reporter at the Silicon Valley's main newspaper, the San Jose Mercury News. You uh, were at the epicenter of the revolution for many years. And uh, I read you religiously, so I thank you. Those are very uh, appreciated words. And a long-time sports writer who did six Super Bowls, but that's another call. Oh, yeah. Are you, 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 you have a dog in this hunt now that's the Santa Clara 49ers, right? It's the Santa Clara 49ers. Um, my thing is um, special players, and I think Mahomes is special. Yeah, he's very special. That's, I wish I, I wish we could say our guy was special. He's okay. But, uh, he's you know, okay. talent is an interesting issue, not just in sports, but in life. Uh, it comes up all the time in tech companies. Steve Jobs used to say you only want A players because you start hiring B players. They bring your A players down, and pretty soon you got C players. And uh, I think that's true in sports as well. Uh, really talented athletes, really talented coders, uh, really talented writers 
uh, are a rare commodity and something to uh, to definitely be cherished and celebrated and rewarded. Of course, everybody in the NFL gets rewarded these days. I don't think there's any, yes, any question. Yes, but it is, I have to say, especially at the beginning of the season, I'm watching Mahomes. He looks like he's 12 years old. And I'm thinking, that guy, he just got out of high school. Look at him. He's got barely got peach fuzz. And he has shown himself to be a, an amazing quarterback. So I'm with you, Mike. I think he's going to be the guy we have to be and seems to have a character as a human being which yeah. is uh really yeah. redeeming these days you know right? i want to hate the seahawks but it's hard not to admire people like russell wilson when they have such class exactly uh, you know you really go well okay all right i guess i have to be classy too go niners beat that mahomes you know, beat him into up, the ground <laughs> i've taken up an, enough of your time great it's to talk to you Mike. gratifying to know you actually saw the email <laughs> not only i saw it i absorbed it absorbed the lesson and i was meaning to talk to you and i'm glad you called because i think that that's that's really a hot topic right now is these monopolies these companies are getting in these big apartment buildings where they're they're just taking over thank you for the very kind words mike we miss you at the mercury news i was nice to talk to you mike thank you for you saved me having to write an email <laughs> Leo, um, you're invaluable to me. You know, uh, if we had a really long conversation, you know what retirement means? Coping with a lot of things without the access, the special privileged access. Yes. As people as a journalist. You get spoiled, um, don't you? Yes. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, see, I don't have that access. No, the, the funny thing is, because I refuse to talk to PR companies, I, right. I, I've never cultivated any of these companies. So people often say, hey, can you help me? I need help with Google or Apple or whatever. And I go, I can't. I'm just some guy to them. They don't have any. They, they don't do me any favors. So, Leo, I listen so closely to not only this I won't show, miss but that. multiple shows of yours. I'm a one-man focus group. Oh, Mike, anytime you have thoughts, please. I promise I do read your email. I will respond to you. Uh, eventually, <laughs> but I do read it. I'm sorry, see, I missed you on your trip to Reno. Uh, um, yeah, well, we it, well, that was fun. We took the train up. It was really right. cool. Um, we, you know, when Lisa and I get out of town, we usually just want to kind of hunker down. But next time we're up right. there, and I think we will go up there uh, again because we really had fun. I will definitely contact you because I'd love to see you. That'd be great. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for everything you do, Leo. My pleasure. Thanks for being such a supportive uh, listener. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Be safe. See ya. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, hey, hey, hey. How are you today? Leo Laporte here, the Tech Guy. Yes. Hour number three of the Tech Guy program in which we talk about all sorts of things having to do with technology. Used to be just a computer talk show, right? Back in the uh, early 90s, you'd call in and ask me about your Windows 311. And I'd happily answer. Well, you got uh, an IRQ conflict there. We need to uh, set your interrupt on uh, serial port one uh, to be uh, different from the serial port uh, two. And then that's, uh, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. In fact, in the early days, I spent a lot of time helping people get their internet service providers, you know, online service to get to the internet. There were all sorts of tricks you could use to get in with the internet in the 90s. Ooh, that was big. Early 90s. Ooh, that was big. Yet, yeah, Mike B's reminded me of a classic error message from Windows 3.1. Dr. Watson has caused an error in drwatson.exe. Oh, I remember those. <laughs> Nonstop. 
nonstop. So now what we do, we don't talk about computers that much anymore. It isn't really a computer show, is it? In fact, it's a show about life because we talk about privacy. We talk about, you know, TV, football, because it's all technology now. What's happened gradually, imperceptibly over time is it's gone from being the computer that you went out and bought at great expense that you put on your desk. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I got a computer. I got a CompuServe and a computer. I'm online, man. Imperceptibly, it's moved. They call it now computing at the edge. Instead of a centralized system, you've got lots of technology, lots of computers. If, if, if you call it a computer, if it's got a processor, memory, and a program that it runs, that's a computer. Well, then your Echo's a computer. Your phone's a computer. Your smart doorbell's a computer. Your toaster oven's a computer. Your microwave oven's a computer. Refrigerator's a computer. It's all computers. Your washing machine. If you can connect your phone to it, it's a computer. So we got computers moving to the edge. That works because we can have centralized systems. This is where the cloud is important, where your data might be stored, information might be stored, and they can all connect to that cloud over the Internet. So you have this new kind of way of computing. Sometimes people say, well, that's like the old way where you had, you know, one big computer in the basement at the university, and then there were terminals all over the town. Sort of. In that case, the computer power was centralized in the middle, and the devices on the edge were dumb. Now they're smart devices. They're smart enough to do what they need to do. That's, that's all become possible because chips and the circuitry and all this stuff that we use has gotten cheaper and cheaper. You could thank the iPhone for that. Mass production in China made it so cheap to do all of these little sensors, cameras, processors, They've gotten so inexpensive that we could put them everywhere. You're going to processors everywhere. And that's why people are starting to worry about privacy because now you're being watched. Your TV watches you. Does your TV have a camera? Does your TV connect to the Internet? Most modern TVs, at least, at the very least, send back information about what you're watching. And in some cases, I'm sure of this, I, I don't... <laughs> I'm not, I feel like this, if they're not doing this, they're missing a great opportunity. That camera, maybe, that could be see, are they watching or are they go get a sandwich? <laughs> you know advertisers want that. It drives advertisers crazy. They say, well, did they, I know I bought the ad on the Super Bowl, but was anybody there to watch it? I only want to pay for people who stayed in front of the TV and watched the ad. Why do you think they make the ad so good? They got to keep you, but he went up and got a sandwich. He's not watching. I paid millions of dollars for that ad. I want you to watch it. And, of course, they put pressure on the networks. I don't want to pay for anybody who didn't watch it. I only want to pay for people who watched it. So that's pressure from the advertisers is why your TV spies on you now. And not just your TV. Every As long as I'm going to put a computer in your uh, light bulb. Actually, the, the great example is this Ring Video doorbell. As long as I'm going to put a computer in your doorbell, I might as well use it. To see when you come and go. See who's walking by on the street. So this is the environment we live in. Computing is everywhere. We don't have a computer per se. I and mean, we do. We might have many. But but it isn't necessarily a, you know, a Bondi Blue iMac sitting on your desk. It's all over. It's, and it's going to get more like that, by the way. 
because processors, memory, cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. It's going to get more. There's going to be more stuff all around you. Pretty soon my microphone will be a computer. You know, Leo talked about <laughs> Spectrum for 32 seconds. <laughs> Actually, I know this happens. They call them clipping services. If I mention a product, most companies nowadays subscribe to clipping services. I feel bad for you. I know, and you, I know there's somebody listening right now works for clipping services. Probably 20 or 30 people work for clipping services. And they listen to every word I say and everybody else says. And, they, and then when uh, Sony wants to know, hey, did we get mentioned on radio and TV this week in the newspapers, in the magazines? Who mentioned us? What'd they say? They get a report every every Monday. Here's what here's all the mentions. It's all digitized now. It's all computerized, and I know that because if I mention a product, I know they're not listening. <laughs> they don't have to. They got people to do that. If I mention a product, I will get an email. Uh, you know, Leo. <laughs> uh, and this explains, Mike, why I do not read my email. Edward in Detroit, Michigan. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hello, Edward. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Fine. Can you hear me well? I hear you great. What can I do for you today? All right. Um, I was wondering, um, are there any music websites that are free or relatively inexpensive? That's an interesting uh, question. What do you want to... Uh, yes, of course. Well, first of all, the answer is yes. Uh, Spotify is free. Pandora is free. They have free tiers that have ads in them. So what do you want? What are you, what kind of, what are you you're looking for a particular artist? You're looking for a streaming radio station? What are you looking for? Uh, something like uh, Apple Music. Yeah, Apple Music has... Even Apple Music has a free tier. It's their Beats 1 radio, so you don't get to choose what you're listening to. I think probably most people, college students and others who just don't want to spend money to listen to music, use Spotify. You can put an app on your phone, your computer. There's, you can even go to the Spotify website, spotify.com. And you, have to, you do have to create an account, but there is a free tier, and you can listen to music. You can choose artists. There are a few restrictions. There are a few limitations on Spotify free. You, uh, you, you don't, can't skip as many times. You can skip, but just not as many times. I think there's a limitation to skipping a certain number of times an hour. But, but otherwise, it's free. Yeah, I would recommend that. There's also uh, radio stations. Don't forget... The radio station you're listening to is a great source of free music. Radio.com is CBS's, um, or formerly CBS's, Entercom's um, uh, app. There's I, my company, iHeartRadio, has a wonderful iHeart app. These are all free. In fact, I should really start with iHeart since they pay my salary. They have a great app uh, that you could put on your phone and listen to music, streaming music. And the way all of those pay for them, uh, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, all the rest is with advertising, just like this radio uh, show. So right. perfectly legitimate way. They have uh, iHeart has artist radio. You can pick the artists you want. They have a lot of podcasts. Really, we live in a wonderful time, a wonderful era for audio content. There's a ton of it free. All right. Do you have a smartphone? Or Yes, I do. There you go. Put the Spotify app or the iHeart app or both or Pandora app. It just depends if you want what you want. Pandora is really more like a radio station where you say, well, I like 
three of the, these three artists, and then I'll make a radio station based on those artists for you. Spotify lets you say, I want to listen to this album. And not every album. Taylor Swift very famously says, I'm not going to put my stuff on, my, my album's on free. I don't, I, I'm worth something. I'm going to charge. So she doesn't like that. And actually, this is, from artist's point of view, this is one of the sad things about the way it's turned out. They used to let radio play it basically for free. They paid a small amount. It was very inexpensive. Artists never made a lot of money on radio, but they, but they, but they wanted to get on the radio because you would hear a song on the radio, you'd go, I love that song, and you'd go out and you'd buy it. Um, man, I love that My Girl, that Temptation song. I want that song. And you'd go out and you'd buy the single, or maybe you'd even buy the whole album. So artists said, well, we're not going to make a lot of money on radio, but at least yeah, well, they do. They make money, but they were, at least you know what we're going to get is promotion. Unfortunately, now uh, they make very little per play on Spotify and Pandora and these other s systems, and it bugs them. I was just, uh, uh, what was it? Was it uh, Little Nas X? I was just reading somebody. Tens of thousands of plays, hundreds of thousands, millions of plays on Spotify. He made a buck fifty. I mean, it's just not money. It's not good money. So I still think uh, we should support music and support artists by, you know, buying music. You don't have to buy a physical CD or record. You can just pay ninety nine cents on Apple, or maybe maybe buy the Spotify if you can afford it. Buy Spotify paid. They get a little bit more money for that. But the good news is, just like just. As it's always been with free radio, there's plenty of free ways to listen. Lots of them. Uh, we'll put a link. Mike B has put something up in our chat room. The 10 best free music websites to download songs legally. There's lots of illegal free music. Let's do it legally. We'll put a link. Thank you, Mike B, in the show notes to that, uh, to that article. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Oh, somebody's mentioned an Amazon Prime. If you have an Amazon Prime account, they have unlimited music. In fact, if you buy an Echo, they have um that you get music a certain amount of music, like a million songs for free. Actually, there's a lot of free music, isn't it? Isn't it? Aren't there? The finest bumper music around, says Shortwave in our chat room. Thanks to Lady Laura. Thank you, Lady Laura. 8888-ASK-LEO, the phone number, line four. Glenn in Largo, Florida. Hello, Glenn. Hi, thank you, Leo, for taking my call. Thanks I have a on. question about a, a product called Extra-PC. It's a 32-gigabyte thumb drive, so my PC, Windows PC a laptop can boot up in Linux. OS oh, that's a neat idea. Windows. Yeah. Yeah. How I, much I is it? About it Leo. No, I haven't. Uh, it's forty bucks. It's forty bucks for the first one and twenty uh, twenty bucks for the second one if you get two of them. And it's for a sixty-four bit, you know, laptop. So that works out for me. It, uh, and I, I was interested in it, and I, I wanted to know your thoughts because in Linux, uh, can I still see my twenty sixteen, you know, MS Office? No. Well, yes and no. So, yeah, this this is a good idea, and I'm glad they don't charge much for it because you could easily do this yourself. Linux is free, but you'd have to have some technical skills. You'd have to download Linux and put it on a USB key. It's not that hard. I do it all the time. But, yeah, okay. And, the you know, a 16-gig uh, USB key 
is five or six bucks. So they're not making a ton of money. They're maybe making 15, 20 bucks on it. You could easily do this yourself. You'd have a little more flexibility if you did. But my hope is that they've solved some of the issues that Windows users are going to run up against doing this. And I presume they have or they wouldn't have a product. So the idea here is you're going to boot, instead of booting to your internal hard drive, you're going to boot to the USB key, which has an operating system on it, a free operating system called Linux. Any Linux distro will let you do this. They all do it. It's part. It's called a live uh, distro. It it'll it used to be you'd put it on a CD. Now you just put it on a USB key. They all do that. So you could go right now to my favorite is popos system76.com and download popos. There's instructions on there. Put it on a USB key. Then reboot your computer. You'd have to tell your computer to boot to the USB key. You'll have to do this with extra PC too, and then it will boot up from the USB drive. At that point, you're running an operating system. Now, one thing they misstate a little bit, unless your computer's really old, a USB key is going to be considerably slower than your internal disk. So they say your slow old Windows isn't nearly as fast as Linux. Well, it might be they have a fast Linux on there, but it's still lo loading off of a fairly slow storage medium, that USB key. So... This blazing fast high performance they're talking about, it's, it's running off a USB key. So that's going to be a little bit slower. It also is going to wear out a little bit faster. Uh, a hard drive, internal hard drive. In fact, in most Linuxes, the reason they give you this USB key is so you can try it. See if it works, everything works, your mouse works, your keyboard, your monitor, your your thumbprint reader, whatever it is that you want to use. See if it all works. And if it does, then they almost always have a program running on that USB key that says, now install it on my internal hard drive. Because most of the time, that's how you want to run it. But for security reasons, not. you might want to run it on a USB key because you can unplug it then and use Windows day-to-day -day and use the USB key just for banking, that kind of stuff. Well, if I boot up into the Linux with the USB key, um, will I still see my uh, Windows desktop? So you will not. You will not. You can't run Windows programs very well. You can run a few of them. Typically, and it, again, it depends on how they've configured this. I'm going to assume they've configured it so they can at least see the internal drive, which means they'd see your Microsoft Office documents. If you okay. open them, you won't be opening them in Microsoft Office. You'll be running them on probably LibreOffice, which is an open source version of Office that's free. Yeah. And it's fine. It's very, you'll be completely comfortable with it. It just won't be it won't be the paid version of Microsoft Office. You can in some cases. It's technically complicated and I doubt they've done this. There's a program that you can run in Linux called Wine which will let you run a limited set of Windows applications under Linux. Generally, there are technical challenges to do this. Not all programs run. Some programs run well, some run but not very well, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you really like this idea, it might be worth checking it out to see if you can do it yourself. Because that would be, if I bet you you have an old USB key lying around. Yes. And you can go to system76.com, download Pop! OS, and it'll have instructions on the site for how you make a USB, bootable USB Linux key out of that. And at that point, you've spent zero. 
You'll reboot your machine. You're going to have the same issues, and they talk about it on the extra PC site about putting it in legacy mode and all this. You know, you have to turn off UEFI. You have to turn off secure boot. So there's some there's yeah, some settings. is turned off. Yeah. Yeah. There's some settings you have to go through uh, to get to boot to a Linux disk of any kind, whether it's extra PCs or not. I think this is given that they're not overcharging for it. It's completely reasonable. But you can totally do this yourself as well with any Linux distro. So if you just want to see, well, how's it going to be? That might be the way to do it. They do offer, uh, re you know, free returns. So that might be a solution too. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Yeah, and you know, how old is the PC you want to boot onto? It's about four years old. It's an Asus 64-bit laptop. Yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything past Windows 7, they said, uh, is fine with this. And I have an 8.1. They're mostly concerned about RAM. Um, yeah. Almost all process. You can't unless your computer is 15 years old. You got a 64-bit processor. That's not the uh, issue. They, they they say that because it, it kind of helps them guarantee it's a more modern uh, computer. Mm -hmm. um, if you you if you're going to use it, for, are you going to do it for security or just to see how Linux runs? Or yeah, I want to see the speed of it. I have a, a, another um, uh, a box over here, an older one, maybe a, a four or five year old um, um, computer desktop that runs even a Windows Seven on it, and it's so slow for her, and uh, you know she can't browse fast or anything like that. So I thought, well, maybe the Linux would work. The only thing is, uh, it'll probably work for. Internet Explorer, I guess, and, and Google, you know, uh, browsers. But uh, will I be? Will, will she be able to find the Office, uh, you know, Word documents and stuff like that on her computer? She'll be able to find them, but she won't. So it'll be a little disconcerting because the programs she's used to using yeah. won't run. Windows yeah. programs yeah. essentially need Windows to run. As I said, there's a little exception with wine but it's not a great experience i don't generally recommend that on the other hand if if people just kind of think ah, i'm not using windows i'm just going to use linux LibreOffice, the office that comes with all versions of linux is really good it has all the same tools and it's free mm -hmm. speed yeah. is an interesting issue i mean there's lots of reasons why a computer gets slow most of them have nothing to do with whether you're using Linux or Windows is often just the hard drives wearing out and is less reliable or things like that. So if a computer is really slow, it may not fix it. Linux isn't vastly faster than Windows. Uh, or let me put it this way. Linux is not vastly faster than a fresh install of Windows. Sometimes what is slowing a computer down is just there's a lot of junk on that thing over the years that you've got running in the background. And if you did a fresh install of Windows, it would run faster. So that might be the first thing to do. If she's very comfortable with Windows is uh, get a... Uh, you could actually upgrade that Windows 7 machine to Windows 10 for free. And then once you've done that and it's activated, you can wipe the drive, install Windows 10 fresh. It'll be the same, similar process. You need a USB key and all that. And uh, and it, it will almost certainly run a lot faster just because it's fresh, a fresh install. Yeah, I don't know if uh, it has enough RAM for a Windows 10 compared to a Windows 7 that she has. How much RAM does it have? Uh, if it's two I, gigs, I probably not. If it's four gigs, that's fine. Uh, two is probably too scant. Yeah, I think she might have. I, 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 extra PC is fine. Uh, it looks like they've solved a lot of the you know 
at least they've made it for you, which is for a lot of people that's the stopping point. But yeah. you're, you're going to get it, and you're going to see. You know, I bet you the reason they have a strong returns policy is it's you know they're gonna there's going to be ten fifteen percent of people who get it. It just doesn't right run right. But they right, they're right. smart. What they've done is they've said, hey, you know, we could do this for people as if you know thirty five bucks big deal as a service. Mm -hmm. Um, you could do it for yourself pretty quickly too. It's not a hard thing to do if you feel if you feel fairly technical. It's not a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. I may take it into uh, iBreak U Fix and uh, see if my uh, older computer uh, is capable of running ten with the RAM that it has in it. Yeah, like there you go. And there's probably a geek in there who can install Linux on it for you. It will. Ooh. This is the one thing they say that is not strictly true. It does not run faster off a USB key. Your hard drive's almost certainly faster. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Leo. My pleasure. Thanks like for that. the call. Thanks for listening. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, 8888-ASK-LEO, the phone number. On we go with the show to Mike in Riverside, California. Hello, Mike. Thanks for hanging on. Boop. Okie dokie. Let's go to line three. <laughs> and say hi to Rich in Poway, California. Hello, Rich. Hey, Leo, you are the greatest. I want to thank you for taking my call again. My pleasure. I have a quick question for you. Yes, you sir. ready? Yes, sir. Is my wife and I are going insane. When we're watching TV, whether we've recorded a show or not, the commercials are, the volume is always I hate that. louder in the broadcast. Don't you hate it when that happens? It drives me crazy. Is there a sound bar or a sound system that would equalize this volume like they do? My car does it. What does it? Your car? Oh, yeah, your car does do it because of, of road noise, right? Yes. Yeah, so the car can automatically up and down. Yeah. Um, there, is, there are rules. The FCC has rules that say commercials have to have the same average volume as the programs they're running in. Um, it, so some of the loudness, I think, is apparent loudness. Just like, um, you know, sometimes, remember in the old days of AM radio? <laughs> the boss jock, listen to the boss sounds, the boss hips. And it would pound out of the radio at you because they were doing something called compression, dynamic range compression, that made it sound louder even though it wasn't. It's my guess that that's what commercials are doing. If that's what they're doing, then no volume control is going to fix it. Because it's not that it's louder. Um, but... The, the There is a way to handle this. Uh, I certainly on my receiver have this. A lot of AV receivers have a setting, and your TV may also have a setting, to average out the sound levels, to actually uh, adjust that. Um, and they, it's just exactly the same thing as in your car. I it, Technically, I think the sound level is not supposed to be louder. <laughs> the FCC would jump on them for that. But everybody who watches TV knows that they seem louder. In fact, if you watch a football game, it's like a war broke out when the commercial comes on. It's like, oh, whoa, hold on. It's so loud. And I honestly think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perception thing rather than if you looked at the meters, it would be the same. Otherwise, they'd get in trouble with the FCC. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I I often mute commercials for that very reason. They drive me nuts. We do also. Yeah. And that's why I love recording, because we fast forward the commercials. Yeah. Boy, our advertisers are going crazy right now. <laughs> we do not turn up our ads on this station. Um, 
I, I would I would check in your TV. There may be a loudness uh, adjustment. I know I, many TVs. I've seen TVs that do that. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you'd have to go through a sound bar that would have that feature or an AV receiver that would have that feature. Uh, and I can't promise you would fix it because it's not that it's actually louder. It's just perceived as louder because of compression. That's my opinion anyway. They have to adhere to FCC rules. So, you know, that they can't just say, oh, hey, Joe, are we in the ad yet? Turn it up. They can't do that. Okay. Uh, sorry, I wish there were a better answer for you. Maybe somebody listening uh, knows. Check check your TV to see if there's a setting in there. And as I said, uh, you know what I'd love to find? And maybe somebody in the chat room or somebody listening, are if you have a soundbar that specifically has that feature in the setup, that would really be a great a great feature. Yeah, I, yeah. Somebody in the chat room saying, "Yeah, my TV used to have that auto level feature." Uh, I'll put in the show notes the link that uh, Keith has put in our chat room to the FCC page: loud commercials on TV. Do television commercials sometimes seem louder than the shows they accompany? TV stations are prohibited from boosting the, uh, this is the key, the average volume of commercials to levels beyond the program they accompanied. But if you ever look at a meter, there's, there's peaks and valleys, right? The rules for loud TV commercials are based on the CALM Act, Commercial Advertisement Loudness Mitigation. Congress actually made a law. There ought to be a law. You can file a complaint, and uh, people would get in trouble for it. But my guess is that stations aren't doing that because, well, if they did, the FCC would would you know hammer them. They do. The FCC does write. Many televisions and home theater systems have features to control loudness, such as sometimes they're labeled automatic gain control audio compression, or audio limiters that can be turned on to provide a more consistent volume level. These functions usually need to be activated through the equipment setup audio menu. So the FCC is agreeing with what I just said. <sighs> Somebody in the chat room is saying, Congress got snookered by the lobbyists who wrote that law. Yeah, I think the average is the weasel word. But what else are they going to do? What you should say is the peak sound cannot exceed uh, a certain level. That would that would solve it. The average is kind of a weasel, weaselly way to get out of it. Ralph, Central Pennsylvania. Hello, Ralph Leo Laporte, the tech guy. How you doing, Leo? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. Hey, my question is: I got an HP Draft Pro pen plotter. Hmm. Nice. Are you a Are you an architect or? I I I I do uh, use uh, 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 graphics programs, nice. and I'm into uh, into uh, 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 like uh, like AutoCAD, whatever. Automated uh, design. I always wanted a pen plotter. These are printers that work with pens, just like you're drawing it, but they have yeah. little servo motors that move the pens and they're very fast it's a really cool idea so are you having a yes. problem with your uh your well it's it's an old one it's, yeah it's, an, uh, it, it, it's a draft pro hp draft pro 
Yeah, these uh, to give you an idea, these use an RS two thirty two serial interface to your computer. So yeah, <laughs> so you're not going to be able to use it with any modern computer without an adapter. Yes, that's what I, that's my that's what, that was going to be my question. Oh, okay. Well, they have to be. This reminds me of the old days. I was talking to earlier about the old days. Of, you know, we talk about IRQ ports. You got to have a ninety six hundred baud uh, one stop bit with no parity on this thing. So very important yeah. that you set that properly. There are a number of companies that make USB, which you do have, to serial uh -huh. adapters, and okay. you're going to need. Some, so you got the printer, but you've never used it. I had it on an old, ah. old HP computer, sure. which died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have a serial and port. Yeah. No. So what you need is uh, a USB to serial adapter. Uh, they're not expensive. Okay. I would go to Monoprice. Walmart sells them. They can get them on Amazon as well. And then the trick is okay. going to be that you might need some software to configure that sucker so that it gives the printer the rights it might just work out of the box you know I, i'm looking at the printer's specs and it is it's like i said 9600 baud one stop bit no parity remember the old days where you have to set that yeah. <laughs> well you still do um i have a feeling that there is probably help out there because these are very expensive devices and uh and the people who own them want to keep them running and I don't blame them. So um, I would probably do some searching around for very specifically somebody with an HP DraftBoat Pro printer connected to USB and see what they had to do. Somebody will have made a video or a, U a YouTube video or a blog post or somewhere there'll be some more information about this. Because you got to get just the right driver. I mean, it's going to be tricky. Not saying it's impossible. Might Might work right out of the box. Might not. The driver is going to be the tricky thing, isn't it? Leo Laporte, the tech guy, 8888 Ask Leo. Woo! Everybody, dance along with Dickie D, Mad Magazine's maddest writer, and the Gizwiz. Hello, Dickie D. Hey, how you doing? We play disco. It's an inside joke. Lady Laura plays the disco for Dick D. Bartolo because he is a disco fool. He even had a houseboat that was a disco. It had a ball, you know, one of those mirror balls. It had a lit up floor. You probably had a fog machine and everything else in there. Oh, too. well, here, I, I mean, a lot of it ended up at Disneyland. So I you do still do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a disco ball. I, I have... <laughs> I have a full light projector. I have. <laughs> you got it all, man. You got, I got it, all. it all. Oh, and you know what I also want to mention? You were talking earlier. We did this a long time ago on the show. There's a thing called the smash mute button. Everybody should have this. It is a giant. It's like two uh, two inches in diameter. And you program it once. You just aim it at your TV, uh, at, at your TV remote. You hit this. the volume, the mute button. Yeah. This learns it. And then when those commercials go on, you don't have to f look for your remote. You just lean just over. It. <laughs> yeah, just hit this thing hard. You know, Lisa, it's great. My wife, who also does the ad sales, she runs the podcast network, uh, on principle, on principle, watches every ad. She won't use an ad blocker in her browser. Oh my she says, God. we're an ad-supported network. I am not going to mute those ads. I'm going to watch every one of them. 
All right, well, okay. I admire her for that. Yeah. I just put so my fingers in my ears. Go, and go, I, I said, is Lisa coming to... <laughs> is Lisa coming today? And Leah said, no, she's home watching Ed. She's, you that's know, kind, that's kind, dedication. She cares. <laughs> she cares. She cares. She said, look, ads pay for uh, our, our lifestyle. Ads pay for the studio. Ads, okay. ads okay. give everybody here their rent and their food. We gotta. We can't be blocking the ads. All right. Well, mm -hmm. that's a good, That that's another view. <laughs> Not widely <laughs> shared. Not widely But I am sympathetic. Anyway, it's 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 called what is it? Smash mute. Uh, it's, uh, the smash mute TV uh, mute button. And, and I guess if you, yeah, or go to gizwiz.biz and look through the. Actually, this is a lot of fun. If there's a big button on the right that says the gizwiz visits the tech guy, and if you click that, you can look through all of the things that Dick D. Bartolo has over the years. Foist, I mean, brought us. <laughs> <laughs> foisted upon us so foisted you can, upon you us you can see all the uh, all the gadgets including this week's uh, gadget what is yeah, this well week's? Uh, well this week is kind of interesting uh i went to the inspired home preview so you know in in march in chicago there's a big home houseware show and fortunately they do a little new york preview uh so i went and i was walking by this table and this woman said aren't you going to stop i have this uh reinvented butter dish and i said oh, you know oh yeah man i, I can't I, miss yeah. that Whoa. i know I, I said no i'm really looking for tech she said oh wait a minute she said i'm not showing this because it's not coming till the summer. But if you want tech, I'll show it to you. Wait a minute. What about the reinvented butter dish? <laughs> What's the reinvented butter dish? It's a, it's a butter dish with the top attached. So you And you're not supposed to put it in the refrigerator. You keep the, the, oh, uh, uh, the quarter pound of butter on the table. And this little lid just opens up so you can get the butter. It didn't, you know, I said, I need techie. She yeah, said, all right. Techie. Yeah, take this light bulb and throw it on the floor. Oh, no, I, that's terrible. <laughs> I threw it on the floor and it bounced back up again. Oh, it's a rubber she said, light bulb. Oh, now crush it in your hand. So I crushed it and she said, just let it go. And it slowly comes back. So she has the world's first LED 60 and 40 watt unbreakable uh, bulb. It's called the Incredibulb. Incredibulb. Incredible. Well... <laughs> I said, well, what's this going to cost? She said, well, like six or seven dollars. And oh. that that reminded me, Leo, I went back through our daily Gizwitz podcasts. You in March of 2009 told me and probably everybody in the ten, world. Ten years ago. Almost ten 11. years ago. Yeah. The C-Cran Geo Bowl. Yes. The world's first 60-watt bulb. LED light bulb. Yes. That used 8 watts. Yep. And then you said, Dick, it is a little on the pricey side. One bulb. One bulb. So I went back and found their press release. One bulb is $119.95. Granted, it was a lot to spend. Yes. I remember Bob Crane actually sh uh, showing me this and saying... This is going to transform lighting. Now, again, this is 2009. We were just starting to use compact fluorescents, right? Yes. Incandescent was everywhere. He said LED, but but it's expensive to make right now. It's 120 bucks. Nevertheless, even then, I thought, boy, because it never because oh, no. it lasts forever. 
right? Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. Absolutely. So what are so, what are LED bulbs now? They're nothing. Lay out, Leo. Yesterday, I went to the bargain junkie and I bought a bunch of these four soft white GE LED dimmable bulbs, four pack, four dollars and ninety nine cents. Wow, a buck twenty five each. A buck twenty-five each. That going from a hundred twenty bucks to a buck twenty-five in ten, Five. eleven years. Yeah. That's it. That really makes a big difference. That's that's. Uh, but that's mass production. Yeah, and that's everybody saying, "Oh my gosh, these are incredible!" I, I now I'm going to buy them. You know, it's uh, fun. And by the way, sea cranes have dropped in price too. They don't. They don't charge one hundred twenty. No, no, no. But that's just that's what happens in technology. The first one, in fact, we were talking about the micro LED TV, and it's a million bucks. But that's the first one. And as they get better and better at producing them, prices drop by a factor of 100. So it'll only be $100,000. So that's a great deal. No, that's 10. It'll be, yeah. No. yeah but this, you know, that's a big difference. No, so, it's absolutely. I, you know, I, I remember. I, the only thing weird I, about using LED bulbs now, and I bet yeah. you have the same reaction. <laughs> I go around the house. I, I replace the old bulb. Usually it's a compact fluorescent with an LED. And I always say this to Lisa. Lisa? I'll be dead before you have to replace this bulb. Oh, I, uh, you know, I've never said that in my house because Lisa's not here. <laughs> you say Dennis? <laughs> I'll be. But do you ever think that these bulbs are going to last decades? Well, yes. It's very interesting because my I won't have to that. climb up on this ladder again. Ever. Ever. I'll be dead when I do. <laughs> And now someone has to carry you up. Carry on the me up, <laughs> and and it, you're still not going to be able to turn the bowl. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's really amazing. Is, I thought you were going to say, "Does this happen to you?" I'm leaving the studio, and I turn around and I go, "Gosh, there's an awful lot of lights on." And I go, "Oh, what is that going to be? Ten cents by the time L I come back?" It's yeah. LED. Because it's, it's true, you're saving power. It's better for the environment. And I, what are what are these what are these incredibles? What's the life on these incredibles? It's like uh, hundred thousand dollars or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and now, now she told me that she had just come back uh, a month ago from I think China, where she had secured the exclusive rights to distribute distribute them in the U.S. Uh, they are called the Incredibulbs. She showed me a box. She said the box could look like this. Is we it rubber? Why does it bounce? You, you know what? It's funny, Leo. I don't even know, but uh, I, I put a little video up there of her throwing it on the floor. It's some sort of rubberish uh, kind of thing that I guess it, uh, that I you guess can, it doesn't can, matter because uh, you don't need glass, right? No, you don't. Oh, and look. You, can just, you can just crinkle it up. <laughs> <laughs> you can just crinkle it up in your hand. It's just like a little rubber dome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before they go on sale, the thing would be to buy the first one and say to someone, I'll bet you $5 I can crush this bulb in my hand. Yeah, and when yeah. I release my Hysterical. hand, it's back to normal. Now, I do have to say that I have had LED, LED bulbs die on me. And that's depressing because I feel like, well, I should be dead by now. <laughs> so there is that. They don't last forever. Incredible. They Go don't to last Giz forever, but it has a long. They have a long, uh, long time. Twenty 
to 50,000 hours, about 17 years in normal use. Dick D. Bartolo, Mads Magazine's maddest writer, gizwiz.biz, for more information about the incredible. Thank you, Dickie D. Thank you, buddy. See you next week. Thank you, Lady Laura, for the great music. Thank you, Kim Schaffer, for answering the phones. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy. Well, that's it for the Tech Guy show for today. Thank you so much for being here. And don't forget, TWIT, T-W-I-T. It stands for This Week in Tech, and you'll find it at twit.tv, including the podcasts for this show. We talk about Windows on Windows Weekly, Macintosh on MacBreak Weekly, iPads, iPhones, Apple Watches on iOS Today, Security and Security Now. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And, of course, the big show every Sunday afternoon, This Week in Tech. You'll find it all at twit.tv. And I'll be back next week with another great Tech Guys show. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time.